Hello, handsome. Care for a rubdown? I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Something special is about to happen. Are you waiting to receive my lip penis? Very G'day Rubbers, welcome back to the Weekly Rubdown, a podcast that rubs down everything NRL Supercoach. You're listening to the CTW Rubdown, I'm your host Natty, and with me as always Ryan Shotgun, in the Rubmobile is the stats wizard, the sultan of the spreadsheet, king of calculations, the big doe, look at what's going on. Mate, strap yourself in. This is going to be a fucking long one. Oh, Holy shit! Boy, there are... I will. I will preface this rubdown first by saying we aren't going to be able to talk about everyone. And if there's someone specifically that we've missed after tonight's podcast, DM us, and we will try and shoehorn them in somewhere along the line in the in the preseason. But yeah. we're just picking guys that sort of. A tickling our taints for the preseason yeah, sure. at the moment. I mean, There's so many fucking CTWs. Look, on, on Patreon, we're, we're putting out the top 50. So, look, that, that's most of your super coach relevant guys. But, I mean, for Classic, there's a number of guys that we won't, won't reach. And that's guys like Jack Bostock and, and guys like that that mm. they're going to get their start. They're going to be cheapies. But, I mean, they're not going to be draft relevant and they're not no. going to make the top 50 at all, are they? No, and I mean, that is the beauty of the Patreon, and this rubdown is brought to you by the Rub Club, the Rub Stats uh, on our Patreon. Go check it out, but all our ranks are on there. So you've got a top mm. 30 rank for every final system uh, specific to that system. You, We've got all our booms plus sleepers ranked. There's some CTW sharpshooters. All you need to know is there's fucking ranks. Too many ranks to read all at once. I'm telling you, ranks coming out of our assholes. Go check it out, people. It's fantastic. And it also gets you in if you are a Tier 2 subscriber, which will get you all the preseason content, but it will also put you in the running to be in the Listen League if you go and leave a five-star sledge on Apple iTunes. Bro, had a real giggle today as we crack <laughs> open the top of a couple of... Well, mate, are you on the like Venos? To, you like to hear that I'm on the Venos, so no codeine, but the, on the Venos, so this mm. could be anything. We do love you on the Venos. We do love it. Now, yeah, so a few a few good ones rolled in over the last couple of days. Always love and, that. And these ones really do, did get me laughing out loud, fucking some good gear. So we'll uh, kick it off with this one. It's, yeah, the rubbers, five stars. Hopefully I can get through this review without Wooker interrupting me. <laughs> yeah, this is already, this is already this is already top shelf, mate. Already top shelf. Love it. <laughs> yes. What about Natty? Come oh, on. Don't worry, I get fed too. Uh, this po- this potty is the first time I've ever seen or heard a pissing contest where it's somehow who is the smallest. <laughs> These two go together like oil and water. Their chemistry is like Joe Tapene and attacking stats, or Munster and playing against rubbish NRL sides. The pod is an age-old battle of book smarts versus street smarts, and somehow the loser each week is the listener. Oh, that is, that's clever. That's good. I know. That's I like very that. good. Uh, one bloke that can't work a computer and the other with the social skills of one. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 hell. Oh, turn it off. Right. Seriously. Okay, that, I, is, that is one of the all times. There's still more. Oh, there's more. Yeah, I just have to pause every time he makes a fucking zing. It's so good. 
a classic case of beta male escapism from whatever's going on at home every week. And the good news is I'm right there with you, boys. Cheers, fellas. <laughs> oh, that's good. Very I, good. I, that was well written as well. I, yeah, I like that. It's one of my favorite ones. I reckon that one's gone through about 14 drafts. <laughs> I had to reread that maybe four times before I got past the, I hope I can get through this review without Wooker interrupting me. I thought that was so fucking hilarious. Man, that's uh, good. I thought you were oh. taking a while just with the thesaurus, mate, just to figure out what some of those words yeah, were. Yeah, I had to look up a few words yeah. there to see what they they mean. <laughs> a big fella was throwing some big ones at me. But um yeah, guys, that's that's the bar set very high. Um, it has, it has. I mean, there've been some really good ones this season. Like oh, they've stepped be, it up. It's gonna be difficult to pick just eight, if I'm honest. Uh yeah. that's right up there. Because what is it? We've got February starting with this weekend, so we'll probably try mid Feb is probably when we'll uh, announce the listener league so that we can get the draft done. Yeah, mid February, sometime like that. Um, mm. So yeah, got a few to to go through, but fuck that. Yeah, fantastic guys, really well done. Whoever the fuck that was. Yeah, look, I, I don't want to put you in straight away, but it's gonna be hard to beat. <laughs> gonna be hard to beat, bro. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Oh man. All right. Well, that's the sledge. As I said, get in there iTunes, Apple iTunes, five-star review. Sign up Sledge. Patreon. Get in there. Get in Go there. Go to Patreon. All that bullshit. You know what it was. Also, with Patreon, um, we're doing the classic comp again. Oh, so yes. all Patreon subscribers can enter. Mm-hmm. We'll put up the league um, and all that sort of stuff like we did last year. Buckley's chance hopefully doesn't win it again. Uh, absolutely smoke the rest of us. But, um, yeah, it's going to be there. 200 bucks up for grabs to the best classic player out there. Love that. Love that, bro. All right, we've got a long slog here with the CTWs. Let's get Ooh, let's get into it. Into Gary gets here. Walks across the dead ball line. Now sprints back for men. Ruben Gary. In again. Nice velocity. Sounded like it. Jesus. Nice job. Let's get you a rub down. Yep, let's rub you down, baby. So, disclaimer, as always, these rankings are very fluid. Early in the piece probably will change, and there's a fucking lot of names here in the CTWs. How many have we ranked here? 50, 40? We've ranked, we ranked, we ranked 50 on Patreon. See? Um, so pretty much all leagues plus your benches. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a big one. And look, to be honest, even even with those 50, I'm just looking through the ones that just missed out, and you could probably go up to 60 um, with like relevant guys too. Yeah, 100%. Fucking oath. So let's start it off with what you're looking for here in a CTW. I mean, base player plus total try involvements is where you want to start. Mm. Um, there's some great sheets on the Patreon where we rank these CTWs based on these stats. That's a great place to start. So you're obviously getting guys that have got a nice floor, but they're involved because their team is involved in the in attack a lot. Going deeper, you want CTWs playing in good attacking teams, but also on the side of the field that team is dominant on. For example, Warriors right, you want CTWs <laughs> over there. Knights left, you want some CTWs like Greg Marzio out there, Bradman Best, these type of guys. Um, and there's also another stat sheet on the on the Patreon that goes through all the most profitable edges for each side uh, based on super coach mm. scoring ability and also the tries, the percentage of tries that they score down those edges. So pretty much base power plus total try involvements plus attack 
plus dominant edge will give you the best CTW for Supercoach output. I can't uh, explain it any better than that, guys. Sexy, sexy, sexy. I'll, I'll put another sexy in there because I did read another sledge where someone said that we um I've got the world uh, record, the Guinness Book world record of saying sexy in relation to super coach players. So that's not sexy for you. Um, all right, let's get into uh, top 10 here. Rub ranks, Brian To'o, number one, Greg Marzu, two, Jermaine Asako, three, Val Holmes, four, Joe Manu, five, Ruben Garrick, six, Isaac Tungo, seven, Campbell Graham, eight, Zach Lomax, nine, RTS, 10. And we'll put Hammer in there at 11 just because... Honestly, I don't know what to do with RTS at the moment. And yeah. the more that the preseason goes on, I'm getting colder and colder on him. Mm. Uh, so it might be a fact that Hammer makes it into this top 10. Uh, a guy, another I mean, guy that... We haven't seen anywhere near the tippity top of Hammer as well. Crazy, bro. Mm. Yeah. And also, like, you've got a, a dual CTW yeah, fullback. Yeah. That's always sexy as well. For sure. And his fellow clubman, Jermaine Asako. I'm worried that we may have him too high as well, just with that I regression so. risk. Yeah. So there could be a bit of fluidity here. But all I know is that there's 11 blokes there that are at the tippity top. I don't know exactly where they'll fall by end of preseason. Mm. I mean, Brian Toll, you can bitch a dick, Brian Toll, and Greg Mars, you'll be one and two. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But yeah, Jermaine Asako, I mean I've had a lot of people on Patreon talk about Val Holmes and yep. they're pretty keen on him. Obviously goal kicking center wing. Mm. Similar similar to Joey Mano at times when he was goal kicking, I think that was a couple of seasons ago. Garrick obviously, but yeah, Garrick's a Garrick's an interesting one we'll have to touch on as well. Hundred percent. And I mean, again, this is just a blanket top 10 because it all depends on what final system you're running with. Because like I said, Val Holmes, very sexy. You're talking about a, a CTW that kicks goals, very high percentage. For, a, for, good a, clip. for an attacking team as well. For an attacking team, loves playing the left there. They can um, dominate in the left edge as well as the right. So that's another tick. But again, it comes down to that buy that the Cowboys has. Does, does it fuck with your finals run there or are you clear? So mm. because if... You know, if that buy is going to fuck with you, Val Holmes is probably not the guy for you. You might have, might want to take an Osaka or a Joey Manu over him. So it all depends so. yeah. on the system that you're running with. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's go through. Let's dive deep into these bad boys, baby. Let's get it done. Best of the best. I got a boner. <laughs> So the elite, this is picks one to 10, round one in a 10-man league. You want some good scores out there. 70, 75-plus average for the year. We've got Brian To'o, Greg Marzu, Jermaine Asako, Val Holmes, Joey Manu in this section. Talk to me, bro. Who do you want to talk about here? Yeah, I mean, like, realistically, like, first round picks out of these, the, the only guys you'd, you'd even entertain going early on would be To'o and Marzu. Yeah. But, um, look... I'll talk about Toto a little bit later, so I'll skip over him and let's let's have a little chat about Jermaine Asako. Yeah, let's do it. So we recognise that there's a bit of regression risk in there. Of that is that is purely based on my assessment of 24 tries, which is pretty high end output for any any team, yep. especially a team that's coming in your bottom eight. Um, Farnworth. Farnworth coming in on the left edge, I think he's going to warrant a fair bit of ball going down that edge. I think rather than go right, 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 right in attack, they are going to switch on left a lot more. Um, so, look, I th- I think like that side of it, 
there is a regression, but then you add in Avarillo outside of him or inside of him. And mm. I mean, maybe it levels out. So the regression isn't going to be as high as many people are thinking. So there is a slight chance that he might be slept on as well. Because a lot of us are looking at that um, that average from last season and look, there's a limited chance that he'll, he'll reach that. But look, he might not be too far away. Yeah, it's 24 tries. Mm. I mean, like you said, it's hard to do in some of the most prolific attacking teams. Yeah. So can he replicate that? Sure. Is it? Is there a... Ch- is there more of a chance that he doesn't replicate it? I think so. Like mm, there's probably a regression there with those tries. Um, 12 points a game in goals. If the Dolphins play a little bit better, you might see one point, maybe two points. And he's a good of, yes, very good. So you might see a little bit of a bump there. Mm. But like you said, how is this Dolphins team going to attack? Are they going to be super dominant on the right like they were in 2023? Because they were. Mm. They were just scoring so many of their tries. It was, oh, it was all at some, right. At mate. one point, all it was right, like 48% baby. of their tries were, were scored down the right. It was It was Matthew McConaughey on steroids. Yeah, all it right, was, all right, all right, all right. It was... Oh, you've been practicing that one. I, no, yeah, no, I no. just came up with that one. No, that one did you? Like sure you did, mate. Sure you did. Um, yeah, <laughs> so look... I think he'll get overdrafted, and yes. he's probably a guy that I'm not going to reach for. I'm happy for someone else to take him, and if he goes on and averages over 70 again, look, yeah. all the power to you, but there's too many question marks there, and the risk of that regression is just too much for me. I mean, I think there's six, there's always, 60-60 was 71%. Yeah, I think there's always one person from every league that chase, that chases – their draft picks based on what they scored last season. Yeah. And there's always one. And for that reason, he's going to be overdrafted and he's going to be drafted around about that 75 average. And it's just too rich. Yeah. Yeah. I look, not for me, not for me. So, so far as like how we went last season, second, second top CTW, nothing to be sneezed at. No, I just, I just think that the, the, the amount of ball and the possession that they're going to get, it's going to be split a lot more than it was last season. Yeah, I mean, if you look at if you look at Alex Johnston in twenty twenty one, he's the third most uh, tries scored in a single season, which is thirty tries. Yeah. He only had six less than that last year. Yeah, do so you know and what I mean? Is, and that is the most dominant That's attacking elite. side of any team. Elite, elite, ever. elite. Yeah. yeah, that worries me. That worries me. So hmm. definitely look for a little bit of a regression there with the soccer. I mean, I mean, his base power isn't terrible at, at thirty-eight. Yeah, um, it's not. It's not anywhere near Alex Johnson levels of twenty-seven and a half. But yeah, mm. it's um, it's definitely something where look the, the base power with the goal kicking. I think you've got a very very solid floor to work from. So it's not. It, no matter how it plays out, I don't think it's going to be a train smash, but. Going early on him in round two is, it's just not, I'm not about yeah, it. People will be taking him, you know, picks 12 through to 18. And that, that's just not for me. I, no. I'd, I could, I could get invested sort of in the picks 20. So round three and 10 yeah. man leagues, something like that. But that's if he makes it to me. And I don't think he will. I think in highly competitive leagues, and there are a few um, bumping around, like people might sleep on him, but over, over analyzing his, um, like the, the changes coming into this season. But, yeah, it's unless you're getting him 22 plus, I, I wouldn't be looking at him. No, nah, yeah, not keen. Uh, Greg, Greggy Marzu. So talking about, 
yeah, talking about regression risk, got him in round six or something last year, guys. Oh. I don't know if I've mentioned it, but yeah, nailed it. <laughs> but look, 77 <laughs> average, obviously. I have, same to, thing have to admit, you were not saying this when he wasn't selected the first three weeks. I was confident, bro. <laughs> It's like, there's no way they keep him a boy out. Um, 77 average, 49 base power. Yum. Yep. Had 20 tries for the season. Obviously, playing on that left edge, it's dominant with the proper, Ponga playing uh, fullback there. Obviously, you've got Jacko Hastings there on the left as well. So it's all pointing for left, left, left dominance for 2024. He had five games over 100, three games over 120. 60-60 of 70%. He scored below 49 only three times in the 2023 season, in which it was a 44, a 42, and a 39. And that, a, 30, that base, a low of 39 for the fucking season, bro. Yeah, and that base power is what's driving it. Like You're not going to get a poor score out of him. He's, a, nah. he's actually, like for a CTW, it's a weird thing to say, but he's a good fallback option for a captain um, if they play was, late in the round. I was captain him all the time, bro. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. I was blindly captain him. So, I mean, twenty. It's not. It's not a twenty-four try haul. Twenty is a lot. Don't get me wrong. But mm. I, do I think he can do twenty again? Hundred percent, I do. Yep. Uh, it's. It's just. I, I look. I, I'd. I'd rather take Greg Marzu early in round two than I would a Sarko. I'm, oh, I'm pretty time. confident big that Greg Marzu can can manage a seventy plus average, whereas I'm not quite confident with a Sarko. Hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, definitely drinking the same Kool Aid, mate. Um, look, there is a, there is another thing, and Bradman Best, we were starting to see the best. Oh, <laughs> we're starting to starting to see yeah, him. you're on fire. We're tonight, starting bro. to see him reach his peak last season, and I think he is. He's going to keep on that same trajectory into this season. Just, I think he's just secured a new deal as yep. well. So, look, I think the best is yet to come. <laughs> Fucking hell, overcooking it here, bro. I think a little bit. No, but um, I'm going to talk a little bit a bit about best later. But yeah, I think the um, the title tries, there may not be a huge uplift from there because I think there's going to be a lot more shared between um, Braman Best and like Frizzell who may be inside of him. Mm. But I think that 20 is pretty safe um, yep. because I think – they obviously sent a lot of tries down the right side. And I think having a lower quality finisher in, is it going to be, is it, whoever the is fuck's going to be Jenkins? Up there. Yeah. I don't know. But whoever it is on that K-Map. side. Yeah. Or came up. Yeah. Um, either, either either, they're going to be a lower quality finisher than Dom Young was. So mm. I think they'll be more likely to go right and then switch left and then keep going left. So look, it's, um, I think it's a very safe, Safe bet with Greggy Marju. Heavily tied to Ponga, but I think there's such a left team that I'm not that worried. Yeah. And I mean, we're all over KP's dick at a third overall pick. So, mm, yeah. You just got to get behind this Knights left. And the way that they finished last year was very, very impressive. Their strength of schedule is great. Like, if you have a strength of schedule, uh, final system that's around 23 to 26. Greggy Marzu has the third best strength of schedule among all left wingers. Mm, and tasty. Yeah. And the Knights have the seventh best for team. So we love that. Um, they play, what do they got? They say so they're Panthers round 22, get that out of the way. Then they go in 23, they got Tigers, then Sharks, then Bunnies, then Gold Coast, then Dolphins in round 27. So apart from mm. Panthers, really, it's a, it's a, Nice strength it's, of schedule. It's not a bad one, yeah, because like bunnies were leaking a few points, and 
Yeah, well, we know we know what the Titans usually do. Under Desi, though, might be a little bit different. But yeah, it's um, it sounds very tasty. Mm. Not many crosses to Greg Marzu's name there, so mm. we love him. Get him up here. We want to buff him. Uh, next up, let's talk about. I know you're probably going to cover Brian Toto in your chub rub, so we'll yep. leave him. Uh, now let's talk about Val Holmes, man. Obviously, yeah. you're talking about some of the rubbers. Uh, are pretty erect about Val Holmes. Rightly so, though. Look, for sure, for he, sure. He's the type of player that, um, look, he's going to be scoring a fair few points through um, through goal kicking. And look, he's a, he's a try-scoring threat. He creates opportunities himself. And sometimes he will go drifting in games. So he'll go just searching for the ball, a little bit like a like a Manu at times. And look, we know the, the high-quality output that we can get from him. He, I think he's a pretty safe bet to get, look, 70, 70 plus, And I'm happy to take him late, very, very late, round two, plus, mm. and into round three for sure. Yeah, it's I do like him. Obviously, the round 25 buy just strikes him out for me yeah. because of our final system. Uh, so you've got to think of that, about that with Val Holmes. And again, with all these big dick Cowboys players, Val Holmes, Drinkies, guys like that, when you're going to be taking them in the first two rounds, that's when these buys that are happening in your final system, that's when it carries a lot of fucking weight. So mm. if it means you're picking Val Holmes at, you know, pick 19 and you won't have him for your grand final or say your prelim, your major prelim, then it's just not for me. I don't want that. Yeah. I mean, it's really tough if you've got around 25 or 26 um, grand final system. I still think that if you've got the right setup, like round three, I'd still, I'd still have Manu ahead of him if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's enough enough room for growth for Manu um, to put him ahead. Even without the goal kicking. For sure, and it's because of that strength of schedule what brings him down a little bit where you're like, okay, there's a few guys here that I'd rather take and not have those worries at the back end of the season. The, the, one, um, thing, the one thing with his strength of schedule, you, you, you brought that up, like he's got a positional strength of schedule of ranked ninth for rounds 23 to 26. He's playing one less game in that period out of, out of four. So his real strength of schedule is actually quite high. Um, and that is that is something to take into account for that final system. Just be careful with that, though, because it's obviously, yeah, like it's obviously skewed with those teams uh, conceding a lot of points to that left-center spot specifically. But when you look at the teams they're playing, they've got Broncos round 23, Raiders 24, then Storm. Mm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, yeah, I think the Storm were leaking some points through the, um, through the edges um, at parts of the last season. Oh, yeah, they so weren't that great might have, last year. That might have skewed the stats because we know that they're one of the best defensive teams going exactly. on. Exactly, yeah. But you did um, bring up Joey Manu. Now, you know, everybody knows I'm a huge <laughs> Joey Manu dick rider. I will right. be I riding you, his dick you've got the, again. You've got the tattoo on, the, on your shlong. <sighs> Get in my side, Joey. Let's go, got, baby. Only got the M, though. Yep. Average 64, BP 49. That's what we like. Mm. Only had seven tries, total try involvement 15. So a lot of room for improvement there with the scoring. Yep. Obviously plays on the dominant edge for the Roosters on the right there. He did have an injury-affected game there. Uh, he scored 16, so take that out. Uh, he has a 67 average. 
Now, I've broken down the games because obviously he played six, he played fullback, and he played center. So six games at 5'8", he averaged 60. Three games at fullback, uh, he averaged 60. That included that 16-point game, but it also included some fucking wild game where he scored a 1,000 points. So sort of averaged itself out there. Mm. 11 games at center, averaged 67. So all of just, – just looking at that, you're getting three points of value. You haven't even fucking started anything yet. So It's pretty wild. Like uh, it wasn't that long ago, probably about three or four years ago, we were saying that, yeah, we don't, we don't even want to look at Joey Mano at center. But he's just evolved into this like absolute beast. Um, yeah, we're only and, looking at him when he was playing five eight or fullback. And it was it was sort of at the back end of the season when they just went, yeah, okay, fuck it, we're going to bring uh, Sandon Smith in. You can go back to to center and just do your business out there. So as soon as he put the four on his back again, it was ninety one, ninety two, seventy nine, seventy eight. Had a weird eighteen point game there against the the. Mighty Broncos, bro. Then went 97, <laughs> 72, 70 and got injured. Yeah. So he was just fucking killing it at the back end, man. It was it's wild. Brilliant. So, and you got this rooster side, like Sam Walker comes in. He's obviously going to make that right edge uh, hum a little bit more. They mm. were dominant on the right edge uh, just by a smidge, though, with Sam Walker in the team. He'll do. He'll demand more ball. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. all of a sudden that came, comes into play, but also. He's gonna have Dom Young mm. on the right there. What a what a weapon to have outside here. I mean, he's oh. got, he's going from Joey Joey Suoli, who is one of the top tier weapons, to mate not be not missing a step. Like, That's it. And is going to be absolutely on fire. There's a, there's two things that can happen here, right? So they double mark up on uh, Joey Manu, mm-hmm. and the winger crushes in and, and jams him. Yep. And you know Manu's going to get that flick ball away. Yep. It's going to be a try assist, line break assist for Dom Young. He goes in the corner. Or they mark up on Dom Young and you get a one-on-one situation with Manu, which five, seven meters out, he is going to score. It's as simple as that. So mm-hmm. fucking maths, I'm not that great on it, but... Scores. That's it's pretty much what that equals, baby. Tries, <laughs> points, supercoach points, that erections, uh, the erections all around, mate. Frothy it's ejaculate. Gonna be, That's gonna, what it is. Fucking be the, the biggest circle jerk this side of fucking Sydney. Um, so yeah. we we had him sort of round one last year. I'm happy to take him round two. Like if you know, I'm sort of middle of the pack round two. Get in my side. If he's yeah. still there, sort of pick 15, get in my side. I, I, I see, no, I, I see him a bit closer to the turn. Um, I, I still see him fairly high, so much higher than the 64 average that he's coming off last season. Um, the one thing that's staring at me a little bit is his positional strength of schedule for the finals. Second worst. It's not fantastic, but from a classic perspective, um, got a pretty strong strength of schedule to start the season, so for the first eight games. So... Potential to uplift on his price. I think he's coming in at what sixty six fifty k. So, look as a top tier option. You're looking at the same sort of value in like Cobo and, and that. So, look, I think he's a pretty strong option. Yeah, I and I'm just looking at who they the Roosters play the back end of the season here in your Supercoach final. So, obviously got the the buy in round twenty three, but the Dolphins round twenty two. You think that'd be a sexy matchup by round twenty three? Parramatta, round 24. For the last however many years, Parramatta just leaked Supercoach points. Mm. He'll also be running at that uh, Bailey Simonson and Sivo edge. So we love that matchup. Dom Young could score a billion. Yep. 
Titans, they've been um, leaking points to right attacks for the last couple of years. Raiders, who is going to be the left center? Probably well, a rookie. We just, we just don't know. Yeah, probably some rookie. Yeah. Some kid. I mean, they've they've had they've had a pretty solid left center for God knows how long in either Sebastian Chris or Croker. So going to like Ethan Strange or whoever's going to mm. be in that position, yeah, it's it is going to be panic stations. I think. So yeah, not a bad run there. Mm. So. Definitely I'm want happy to, to take the plunge. Yeah, take the plunge again with old Joey Manu. And you look at you look at his total try involvements um, per game last season and, and line break involvements. It's 0.8 and 0.8. I think there's heaps of room to grow in that. I know, man. I'm that is if- that is where I think that, like he can heavily inflate. And <laughs> look, that's his base power is awesome. So you got a great floor to work from. 48, 48 nine points. So sign me yep. up. Yep, I do like it. Um, I think conservatively, there's six points of value there uh, with Manu off that 64 average. So, oh yeah, yeah, I think we've got him pegged at about a um a 70 average. So, yep. yeah, loving it. All right, mate, let's keep moving. Let's get into the guns. guns. Lots of guns. Mr. Bergen, do you have a massive erection? Right, so fuck, plenty of CTWs here. Um, you've got Ruben Garrick, Isaac Tunga, Campbell Graham, Zach Lomax, RTS, Bradman Best, Hammer, Kelly, DWZ, Cobbo, Gagai, Kiraz, Johnston, Timoko, Mulatalo, just to name a few. <laughs> so lot to talk about here. I'll let you kick it off, bro, who you want to talk about. Yeah, we might try to get limit it to 30 seconds or something because there are so many that I want to talk I know, about. I know. All right, so Ruben Garrick, first name on the list. Um, a lot of chatter about him moving to center again. Um, there was a little bit of chatter that not even left center, moving to right center inside of um, Saab. So, look, I think that would be panic stations um, for yeah. bringing him in. It's enough for me to go really cold on him. So, look, we had him pegged at about a 69 average um, coming off that 71 from last season. It's enough for me to probably push him down at least into round three. Um, had him is is as high as round mid round two. Um, one of the very few like fullback CTWs in the elite category. Yeah, one of the high category, and yeah, it's it's a it's a tough one. But yeah, I think there's just too much regression risk there. Um, yeah, it's going to be one where you watch the trials, mm, have a close look at where he's lining up. I mean, we're in and, the same position that we are, were last season where there was so much chatter about it moving to center, nothing mm. eventuated. Um, no. And then, look, I mean, one of the, one of the boys on the, on the um, Patreon Discord um, posted up, a, a, I think it was like a 10-second video of the um, the Seagulls team running, running um, uh, put-downs. Yep. And then... All it was was a couple of couple of shots of um, Garrett going on the on the right edge and just following Saab. So I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm buying into it too. Yeah, just <laughs> he he's a one to watch. You know, just put him aside at the moment. Obviously, if he's playing left wing, we love him. We're mm. all about him. He's going to be catching balls off Turbo, making breaks. We know that it doesn't matter whether Turbo's in the side or if he isn't. If he's playing that left wing, it's fucking gravy for Super Coach. I think what's he averaged seventy one points over the last couple of years, really consistent. So yeah. we're all about it if he's playing left wing, not so much if he is right center. So mm. keep an eye out for him. Next, so I'll talk about here is Isaac Tungo, uh, real big on Isaac Tungo. I was was gonna do uh, him in my chub rub section, really big on him, but I didn't want us to both have a Penrith player. I wanted to keep it a little bit. Uh, 
versatile in the chub rub yes. section. I was talking about fucking Panthers players. Mate. That's the one. That's the one, baby. Yep. Isaac Tungo, 14 games in 2023, average 68, base power of 45, 10 tries in those 14 games. He had 19 total try involvements over those 14 games, which is 1.35 per game. Yeah. Stop it, bro. It's unbelievable. In, isn't it? in 14 games, he had three. 100 plus games, averaging four tackle breaks a game, uh, 19 points in HHs alone. I think he scored about 50 of those tackle breaks in that one game. Mm. You know, about one run. Mm. Sexy. Yep. Very good. So, <laughs> I need a, obviously, we talked about it. He could be playing right edge. We're right on him if mm. he's playing yep. right edge. So, if he's outside Cleary and if he's feeding the ball to Brian Toh, that combination out there is, is going to be near unstoppable. Yeah. Love him. Cool. I like him where he plays anyway on the left edge, I think he'll be a fantastic super coach player for mm. 2024. I just think if he is named on that right edge for the Penrith Panthers, I'm happy to reach for him at the turn of two and three. Yeah. And look, I, I honestly, I think that average from our season, and we've got him at a 69 from the 68 from our nice. season. <laughs> um, that That's based on like the 1.4 try involvements. But it was only a 0.7 line break involvements, and I think there's room for a lot of growth there. Mm. And that's an, that's definitely an avenue where, look, having Toto outside of you, the palm and flick pass, we know that Toto's got a quick quick off the mark speed. He can burn burn players, and oh, I'm all about it. I, I'm I'm happy to reach for for Tungo and look, he's he's teetered around that that turn of um of round three and four for me. And I think that's around about like anywhere from like 27 through to like 32 is where I'm seeing him drop. And I think, mate, even if you get him there, that's value. The the best thing, um, if you uh, pick one or two and you get Nathan Cleary, I'd be taking Isaac Tungo with your next pick. Every day of the week. If he Every is named on right edge. So you'll have to take him with your... Uh, maybe second or third maybe pick. your third pick. Yeah, you might yeah, get away but with. But if you if you end up getting Cleary, um, second, uh, if you get him first, then just be careful. Someone might want to fucking uh, cock block you there. Mm, so yeah, I know I yeah, would. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So keep that in mind. I think that's a great pick, and I would reach for Tungo there if I did have Cleary in my side. Mm, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just think the thing about that Panthers right edge is Brian To'o, you can't afford to rush up on Tungo when you've got Brian To'o out there. You no. need to have someone up in Brian To'o's face so that he doesn't make a tackle break and score tries. And right? that's so, going to give him space. It's going to spread the defense and Isaac yeah, Tungo's yeah. going to have a lot of options. And yeah, I can see a really big season for Tungo. If he... If he's on that right edge, like a 75 average is very hey, look, doable. Look, Tungo is one of the first of the CBA Academy. Yeah, yeah. Carries weight. Carries weight. Damn straight. Um. All right, bro. What else you got for me here in the guns? Uh, I touched on him before when we're talking about Green Marju, the beast. Um, Bradman Best. So, yeah. look, I think there's a lot of room for growth for for Bestie. And look, 13 tries last season. I think there's definitely a few, definitely a few more tries in him for for this season. And nine tries with the beast outside mm. of him. You cannot mm. tell me that that's not room for growth. So, look, I, I do think that there's there's plenty of potential to um, to improve on that 60 average from last season. Anywhere between five to eight points for sure. Um, 
but the 39 base power is decent. It's not fucking fantastic. Don't get me wrong, but it's definitely a decent floor to work from. And yeah, I just think he's get he's getting to the peak of his powers. Just looking at, so round 11 is when KP started playing fullback and he went on to score 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 tries. 12 tries from round 11 onwards with KP at fullback sweeping over that left edge. He just went to a whole new level. Like 12, 12 tries out of 13 that he scored. Yep. yep. <laughs> so you equate that over the full season of having KP running that sweep, and I think it is gravy. Arousing. Um, yeah, definitely. And I think he's he's definitely one that I, I'd reach for as well. Um, and, yeah, I think he's um, he's definitely a tasty one that, look, you're probably going to have to take him earlier than you'd want. Um, but I think, look, I think he's working off an absolute floor of 60. I think the room for growth, get up towards 70. Yep. And the best thing about this Knights left edge and how it's shaping up is the defensive line is going to have to be stretched because you have so many attacking weapons running at you. You have Haysto with the ball out in front. You've got KP with the sweep. You've got Frizzell running hard, straight lines. You've got Best. He can do anything. Then then the, then the beast, Greg Marsley, out, mm. out on the wing. Yeah. I mean, fuck, you're going to have to be on your game. You're going to have to be Big on your time. game. So, yeah, I do like, like that call. Uh, I'm going to go the South Sydney Strangler here, Campbell Graham. <laughs> Average 69. Ooh. Nice. Yep. Base power, 44. Tries, 16. Total try involvements, 23. Doesn't play on the dominant edge, uh, so that is a worry. But it's always been a worry, and he continues to perform even though you know, the with bunnies li- don't attack limited, down there. Limited possession on that edge. So, hundred percent. Yeah, he's definitely one that's interesting. But did you did you listen to Brian Sini's podcast? Stone injury for the most most of the the season. The yes, fucking indeed. the fucking injections that they reserve for osteoporosis sufferers. Mm-hmm. That's fucking concern. Mm. Um, yep. I, I don't know whether I'd be I'd be putting down. You'd probably have to drop a fourth pick on him. Yeah, at least. Yeah, you'd probably have to drop a fourth pick on him, and because of that try scoring run that he had in the mid season, you probably, you probably did get him. You probably need to drop a third round pick, and I just can't do that. Not so with I that did sort the of numbers. Of risk. So from rounds one to twelve, before he had this injury, he averaged seventy eight. From it's rounds tough. fourteen yeah. to twenty seven, he averaged fifty seven. So even with a mm. fuck sternum, still averaged fifty seven, did yeah. really well. Uh, but he just wasn't the same after that injury. You would think he'd be a lot fresher coming into this season. Um, I do. It is. He is someone that I do want to talk to Brian about. But mm. yeah. I mean, even if you take an average between that seventy eight and fifty seven, I mean, you're looking at a high sixties. And I mean, that's what he. That's what he averaged last season. We've, we've I, got it. We like had that. him. We had him pegged before. Before we obviously listened to the um, in our physio chart, we had him pegged at about a sixty nine, nice mm. average. And look, I. I'm starting to starting to put him down towards maybe a 65 even. And the thing Ooh, I'm, I'm yeah. looking at this South Sydney attack, and obviously super left heavy. Oh, Fuck mate, their left are heavy. Are you kidding? Yeah. But what that does oh, to defences is they're going to load up on their right edge defences, and it just might cause some you know some opportunities out there for Campbell Graham to have some success. We do know that Latrell likes to swoop out the right from occasion yeah. um and give good ball to to stretch. So yeah, he's interesting. 
he's interesting. I know Guru's big on him, always has been. Uh, oh, I do I'm like st- him. I'm still big on him if he's fully fit. Yeah. My, my, my concern is also like establishing new connection with um, Talis Duncan, with Colin Matungi moving on the on the other edge. Mm. Uh, like, I mean, we saw um, Munro play a few games last season. He was so good in attack, but he was so bad in defense that I, yep. I don't know whether he's going to get the first start. I think it's going to be Isaiah Tass. So Isaiah Tass moving on to the r- right wing. Haven't seen him play right wing in a little while. He was obviously down on that left center spot for all of last season. Yeah, there's a, there's a he's surrounded himself with with new combinations to to make, and I I don't think I'll be taking the plunge on him um, this season for draft and for classic. Um, it's a wait and watch for me. Yeah, it's he's the sort of guy that if he pops his head up in round four, I'm having a real hard look. In re- but, like round five, I'm pu- obviously pulling the trigger. But, oh fuck, round five, yeah, Jesus, yeah. Like I come in your pants. It's it's just one of those things that look. I'm I'm more than likely to prefer to take a risk on someone like a Zach Lomax as a goal kicking center wing that has potential to play fullback at some point. hundred percent. Then well, let's then, talk about Lomax then. Let's right, get into right. Lomax. Yeah, yeah, mate. Average 62, base power 41, all that is sexy. Uh, tries, seven, so fuck all. So there's room to, to grow there. Total try involvement, 16. Um, but it's obviously, you know, he's going to average 60 to 65 playing right center. Yep. Uh, but and he's done that, that year in, year out. Opportunity to play fullback, which is really getting, getting us up and about. I read somewhere on Twitter, X, whatever the fuck it's called now, <laughs> that uh, Lomax is touted to play wing at, at at times and swap in and out with Sloan during the game. Yeah, I think so, he's, he's, he's possibly going to play a little – you know how he played um, towards the back end of the season when he went on that ridiculous run of games? Mm. He was playing that roaming role where it was effectively playing – there's no other way to put it, like an eight-year-old where you kind of just chase the ball everywhere and he was just right, always involved. And He was possessed. I, mm. I don't know what's happened whether someone said like – um, you know, like if you want to play fullback, show us what you got. Or if he was just like, you know what, I'm going to fucking get out there and show these cunts what I can do. Because the last six games of the season, he had a point to prove. He averaged 40 points in pure base over those games, mm. had 19 runs a game, equating to 30 points a game from just hit-ups. Yeah. I mean, it's wild, man. Like you look at you look at some of the scores that he was pumping out. He was like there was back to back hundreds in there leading into seventy six and 60, 62. Like that was the purple patch that we can see from him. The the one thing that is a little bit concerning is obviously the team around him. Mm. I think they're probably two years away from being like. An- you don't think the dragons will go any good this year? <laughs> I look. No. I think with Flano there as a coach, I think they're going to have a solid grounding in defense initially. They'll be an improved team, but they're not going to be that high octane attacking team um, that we're hoping. But can he can he improve on on his average from last season? Definitely. You're like, right, though. Like this is a good practice here, right? So mm-hmm. if you've got, just say you're late in the fourth round, so picks thirty six, thirty seven, thirty eight, thirty nine around there. And you've got guys like Campbell Graham, Zach Lomax, Bradman Best, uh, who else would be there? Dan Gagai, Alex Johnston. Is it worth just taking a punt on a guy like Zach Lomax just in case he gets that fullback spot 
because you know if he gets that fullback spot, it's quite possible that you're getting a guy seventy-five average. That's, that's maybe a high round tour yeah. or a mid round tour. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. no, I'm I'm all about that play. And look, the safety net is he's going to average sixty points. Yeah, as a as as a bottom bottom end. Yeah. The one, the one thing you do get from him, though, is he, he does fluctuate with his floor being about 40 to 45. Um, and, look, he he improved his base output towards the back end of the season when he was trying to do everything. So I think the base power average that he had of 41, I think that's a little bit inflated for what we'll see from him. So that might end up being gravitated towards like 38. So, yeah, that 40 to 45 that we'll see in those floor games I think that's going to be offset by the higher output games that you see and will turn up a few times in the season. Can you get the um, the fullback strength of schedule up for – so I've only got the CTW ones in front of us. I'm just looking at the St. George uh, and their run in the finals. Got Storm in round 22, which is no good. But yep. the rest of these fucking teams, uh, it's a nice yeah, run. You've got um, 23 Dogs, Titans, Sharks – Eels in your round 26 grand final or Raiders in your round 27 grand final. I love that run. Yeah, for sure. And, and look, it's um, positionally third best oh. team. So Dragons overall, second best. So oh. it is a it is an unbelievable finals run that they've got. Mm-hmm. So look, yep. he, if you're going to be tying your, um, tying your horse to anything, it's it's definitely going to be um, him because what Sloan isn't going to make the, make the cut the mustard, is he? Like, I think no. I think he at some point in the season he's going to be put down to Rezies, work on his game, work on his defense and his line organization. He's got the he's got the tools in attack. It's the other parts of the game that's just missing. Yeah, I mean, if Lomax kills it for the you know the first couple of games that he gets a gig at fullback, then it's it's early doors. It's a it's a, a, I mean? it's a moot point, yeah. Um, all right, well, there's the quote for Lomax, tie your horse to him, as Walker says. I like that. <laughs> tie your horse to him. Fuck it uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, mate, I'm right. a few lines deep here. <laughs> oh, I said wines, enjo- I said wines, not lines. I'm enjoying I Don't try, yeah, look at little bumps in the background. Don't lie. <laughs> um, so... Brad and Best covered him. Brian Kelly, yeah. another bloke that you're huge on. Yes. I'm... You made me a believer last year. I wasn't. I guess I just wasn't taking notice of what Brian Kelly was pumping out. He is and just then, like an absolute beast, and he he's he's, he's very good. he's one of those centers. And you know they're the they're the Manu types where they're the creators as well as yep. like Manu Holmes and and BK, perfect examples where they can actually get the ball and create from nothing. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not big on him if David Feeder swaps sides because I think David Feeder being next to him does allow yes. him a lot of space to do what he wants. Yep, yep. So I think he's heavily tied with David David Feeder. Mate, there's, like there's, also, a- there's also a risk on um, Brumo being put on the left side rather than the right side that we're thinking. Mm, so yeah, true. Like he, for me, we don't have him as high as like his output output may suggest because there is a risk that he doesn't get the spot that we're thinking. Yeah, yeah. For um, or the team around him that we're thinking. So, look, he's – I don't think that there's much risk of regression too far from that 64 he got last season, but definitely something to watch the trials. Yeah. Yeah, and again – Don't draft before the trials. Do us a no, favor. Well, yeah. 
Please, guys. Like, I'm hearing stories of, you know, early February drafts. What yeah. the fuck are you guys doing? Um, Yeah, look, if nothing much changes with this left edge for the Titans and they run out as they did in 2023, mm-hmm. they'll be dominant again down that edge. And to be honest, like, I know we're sort of talking about Brian Kelly here, but now I'm talking about the Titans' left edge as a whole. It it doesn't matter if it's Brimo or if it's or if it's Kelly, they're both fantastic players and they'll both be an asset to that left. Mm-hmm. So they'll be dominant down that edge regardless. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it all depends on one. Kelly needs to be on the left and he needs to be next to David Feder for me to be interested in him. Yeah, I think it, a lot of it has to do with that. And look, the, the other question mark that we haven't spoken about is is obviously the, the Desi factor. Desi has thrown so many spanners in the works for, for outside backs in the years that I've been super coaching. Like, I'm worried. I'm worried about him. And, yep. and even AKP, like who I'm also a little bit big on for a bit of an uptick this season. So, look, it's... Um, I did see I did see a bit of footage of... Um, I mean, this, this means nothing, but Brimo training out on the right edge, scoring tries... Um, at right center, so I well, mean, I mean that that, keep that, it on puts, trials, that puts but... a little bit of lead back in my pencil for BK. Yep. So yeah, maybe maybe I don't I don't shift him too far down. He is someone that I, I don't think people give him. I didn't give him respect, so I don't think people respect BK enough and what he can do super coach wise. So could be someone that you can get Mate. a little bit later than what his value presents. I've, I've respected him ever since his his manly days, even. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Hammer is interesting. It's going to be CTW mm-hmm. fullback. We love that duel. Someone that you can play in your CTWs that is, go- in fact, going to be a NRL fullback. I love yeah. that. Um, average 59, had 15 tries, total try involvements of 21. I think we're just scratching the surface of what we think Hammer can do. Not even. When we see even. him in some in these rep games, you're just like, wow, this kid is fucking something special. Like he is, mm-hmm. this could be 2024 could be the, the coming of hammer here. I think that 59 average could turn into a 70 point average pretty quick. I mean, I think you're getting five points of value anyway, straight up. Yeah. I, I'll like, I'll, I'll stand on that hill and I'll die on that one. <laughs> but yeah, look, it could be big for hammer. And I, yeah. again, I'm really, really big on, you know, just say you've, you've drafted a fullback, say you've got Turbo or, or Pappy or whoever the fuck that's just available at fullback, playing fullback for the side, and you've got a guy like Hammer who, in fact, has that jewel but is playing fullback for the Dolphins. I just love that. That's I'm all about that, bro. Yeah, and, and look, I think it's, it's important to note that, look, he had a bit of a dry spell towards the back end of the season last year. So after... Round 17, he went 52, 48, 49, 37, 36 into a 73 and a 62 round off the season. Before, at the start of the season, he went 62, I mean, sorry, 70, 76, 79, 55, 60, 43, and then a 120. So, look, I think there's, I think there's a lot of room for growth in his output, and I think he's just finding his feet with the team. Um, yeah, there was a, there was some chatter when Farmworth um, signed that like he might move to center, and yep. Farmworth might move to fullback. Like I I haven't seen any training videos of of either playing um, playing fullback or or in the centers, so can't really speak to that. But I think we're we're obviously basing him on playing fullback. So if the, if the word does come out that he is playing in the centers, like I, I'm cooling on him a little bit, 
and like the stocks for um the stocks for Farmworth actually go up a fair bit as well. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um another guy here we'll just touch on is Dan Gagai, average seventy two. Yeah. Had the best base power of any CTW fifty eight. That was that's ridiculous, man. I only scored three tries. Only had nineteen total try involvements. Doesn't he's on the right edge, so that's a big cross um, mm. for Dane Gay guy. But he did have six point two tackle breaks a game and seventeen runs a game. Yeah. So it screams regression for me. Yeah, look, I, I just don't think he's going to um, maintain that. And I think the I think it was Peter Parr that came out um, earlier today and said that um, I think they were going to give him part of the season to actually see what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they don't already fucking know what he can do, but um, before they can um, start the re-signing process with him. So, yep. look, I think, yes, get him early if you're going to do um, do that. But, um, look, it's like, drafting him off that 72 is is too much. And in classic, bringing him in off that 72 average, which is like 740K, it's just too much for a CTW that doesn't have that high, high-octane output. So, yeah, it's, it's such it's an outlier, too. Do you know what I mean? He, 2020, 56. Mm. 2021, 68. 2022, 56. Then 2023, 72. Like, yeah. it's, it's a big it, it screams, screams of regression. Yep. Another guy that I'm a little bit wary of is Dom Young, mm. average 63. Um, he had 30 line breaks, 23 tries, and 19 total try involvements. Now, I love that he's going to the Roosters playing on that right edge. But how do you beat that? How do you do better than that? Like he he led the league for for tries. Yeah. Like it's and no disrespect to <laughs> to either either side, but where they where, where are those tries coming from? Like yeah, I know I know that historically the Roosters are a bit of a bit of a right dominant side, but fuck like. You know, I just can't see him scoring more more tries than that. Twenty three no. tries, and the thing is, like his base power is steady. Twenty twenty two base power of thirty four. Twenty twenty three base power thirty three. His coefficients of variance has been forty seven percent for the last three years. Yeah. So it's I don't see anything changing with Dom Young. So mm. you have to draft him around that sort of fifty eight to sixty three average somewhere around there because. There's just no way he's beating that. No, he doesn't no. have anything else in his game to show us that he can beat that 63 average. No, and I think that I think there's going to be a lot more points shared between him and his um, his inside center than previous seasons. Because uh, yep, or oh, last season, because yeah, Joey Marnie is going to be feeding him a lot. Um, so yeah, it's it's not one that I'm looking closely at because um, you you're just going to have to spend too much on him. I don't think you're going to get any value for him. So he is one of those guys that, like, you see the rookies in your league take at that 72 average, and they take him in the round two, and you just go, "Oh, right. Lily is going to be drafted oh, for sure. Good. For sure, love it. Um, he's a he's a Roosters homer in our league. So, um, yeah, no, another one that I'm looking at is um, my boy Selwyn Cobo, um, shifting across to left center. Played played a couple of. Um, Played a couple of training training runs, yeah, left center. Absolutely brained it. Apparently, I'm drinking the Kool Aid. He can play anywhere. He's shocked. He, he's amazing. Um, round twenty four buy does um, does worry me a little bit. You're not going to be drafting him like too too early. So obviously, 
late round four, pushing into round five possibly. Um, any earlier, and I think that's overs. But um, yeah, he's definitely one that that I'm looking at. It's um, yeah, I, I just think that there's um, filling in for that Farmworth role. Definitely a chance to to replicate what Farmworth was able to do. Yeah, he's interesting, and obviously it is you know that it is a little bit of a gamble play just because we haven't seen a lot of him play that centre role. Mm-hmm. But from all reports, he's absolutely killing it. Yeah, it's going to be really good to get some eyeballs on him through the trials and see how he's handling it there. But again, you're going to be playing for the Broncos. He's scoring a lot of points. You got Walsh there, Ma'am, Reynolds. They'll be punishing teams. They'll be there and thereabouts at the end of the season. So not a lot of crosses there. But, yeah, I do want to get some eyeballs on him playing center and just see how he looks. Yeah, I agree. Um, The uh, last guy I just want to talk about here in this section is Alex Johnston. So 58 average. So you might actually see a little bit of value there. I think so. It goes down the road of like there's so many weapons there on that left edge that Johnston is just tiptoeing down that white line on the left edge there and scoring a lot of tries. Mm, yeah, He's trying to break Ken Irvine's record. I mean, obviously, I'm not big on him fucking breaking Ken Irvine's record. I mean, as you can see, kind of a Bears fan. Uh, would, like, <laughs> would like Ken Irvine to fucking keep that record, but it seems uh, like that's not going to happen. Oh, but he can do yeah. it this season. Most likely it's going to be next season, but mm. only scored 21 tries, which is a bit of a, a – it is it's a quiet a, year a for sens- AJ. It's a fucking sensational season for any other CTW. Yeah, that it's is, quite for him. It's a quiet one because how dominant that left edge is. So, you know, he scores maybe three or four more tries in the season and you're looking at, you know, a mid-60s average, mm. something like yeah. that. So I think that's where interesting with AJ. To, yeah. I, think, yeah. I think 62, yeah. if you can set him up in your pre-draft list to, to be around that 62 mark as the as the target average, I think that's that's perfect because yep. anything more, you, you're going to be paying too much because there is still that risk that the ball might not even get out to him with how many weapons they got inside. Mate, there's a couple of edges here. Knights left and the bunnies left. Mm. Surely you, you're pulling your hamstring on warm-ups when you're playing. If you're a right-edge player and you're playing this, these teams, you're just going, I'm I'm pulling up lame, coach. Yeah, yeah. I'm not feeling good tonight. I don't think I can go. I've got some, I I, I got some gastro. Yeah, well, we can needle you up. No, I, I promise you it won't work. It won't work. You'll have to – I'll be good next week. Though. I'll be good next week. Hands on heads. I don't want to play. Uh, oh, God. All right, let's get into oh, – there's, there's one more that I want to talk about, Matty Timoko. Okay. Matty um, Timoko, he was an absolute stalwart through parts of the season for me last year. I think there is going to be a bit of an uptick in the right side attack um, just with the loss of um, Whiten on that left edge for the um, the Raiders. And, yeah, I do feel like there is going to be a bit more ball funneled down um, Tim Echo's edge, and I feel like he's going to be a real beneficiary. Um, try involvements last season was only 0.7. Line break involvements only 0.7. So I think there is um, – this is per game, and I think there's huge room for growth there. Like, at times, he was looking like the form out-and-out um, out out strike center. So he's definitely one that I'm looking at closely, and – Look, coming off that that fifty seven average from last season, it's um it's somewhere someone that you can get some decent value on. The only thing is, it's it's Raiders, and I'm I'm not one hundred percent confident that their attack will warrant that sort of investment. So, yeah, it's a it's a wait and see for me when I see trials, just to see how they do their, their formation is and and how the structures are with the new new look side. 
The thing that worries me about Tomoko, and it's something that I didn't expect from him because I actually thought he was going to be this incredible base beast to all like mm. from the way that he was breaking tackles the year before, right? Yep. But he floats in and out of games a lot. Oh, like, yeah. There's games where he scores tries. Like, there's a game he scores a try, he gets 43 with a try or a 55 or a 64. Or he scores two and he gets, you know, he gets a 96. So it's those low, low scores that I'm worried about. He's mm. got an 18 in there, a few 30s, a couple of 20s. If he can fix that up, I'm yeah, looking yeah. at him. Um, it's 48% coefficients of variance. And, I mean, if I if I was excited about anything that the Raiders were coming into the season for, I might be like, okay, Timoko might be able to get a little bit more going there. Mm. But um, I don't know, for man. What, it's, it worries you, me. For what you spend on him, for getting a player that can top the ton twice in a season and have a base power of 43 well, forty three point six. I mean, I'm not, I'm not terrible. I'm not, and there yeah, is, there, there, get there is room, right there price. is room for growth, especially with the attacking upside that, he, that potentially he does have. Again, it comes back to me not having a huge amount of faith in, um, in the Raiders' side and overall that yeah. we're not putting him yep. up too much higher. Yeah, and it's a common theme with me when I look at Raiders um, players because I just hate watching their games. I oh, really do. I, I, I'm not a big fan. I of think watching I, them I think at all. I think I watched maybe four last season. It was so vanilla. Was I hate betting on them. Yeah. Um, so it's like I just don't want fucking Raiders Supercoach players. I, I, I won a few games, one or twelve of them. So that was all right. Yeah, yeah. By that point, all the value had been sucked. <laughs> By the time I started like catching onto it, yeah. all the value had been sucked out of it. So. All right, let's keep moving, bro. Let's yeah, get yeah. into – oh, what are we – fuck, we're only just getting into the sweet spot. Wow, we have got That's a lot of guys right to talk there. about. Oh, my this God. Is... Oh, fuck. Oh, my God. Fuck, yeah. All right, so – so many players to go through, man. Yeah, so we're talking about picks 31 through to 70, rounds four to seven in a 10-man league. You want you want a solid 55 average about these guys, and there's heaps here to talk about. Um, guys like – uh, Tolatau Kula, uh, Semi Valame, Critter, uh, Tony Staggs, Ravalawa, Jack Bird, Talamay, Michael Sibo, Sifatalakai, just to name a few. Uh, ooh, talk to me, bro. What do you want to talk about here? As always, mate, I want to talk about the penis. Uh, Peeny. Yeah, Will, Will Penasini. Um, look, uh, he was he was a really good um, really good pickup towards the back end of last season as well for me. Um, good base power, so 43. Ended on the season yep. with a bit of a deflated average with 53, 56, sorry. I think, look, the the real concern that I've got for his potential output is, again, how dominant the left side is for mm. um, for the Eels. So it's a bit of a downtick for his value because he's on the least attacking side. But he's got that really good base power that, that really helps you um, level out what, the output you'll, you'll get from him. So uh, he's, he's not overinflated through his um, try involvements or try or line break involvements, 0. 0.8 and 0. 0.7 per game. And another thing that is a bit of a distraction for detraction for me is the Eels finals run is good mm. awful. And yeah. no one's more affected than, than CGWs um, yep. for strength of schedule. So look, if you're, if you're, He's not one that I'd sell the farm on, but he's definitely one that I'm looking at, at probably if an equivalent 58 average um, to bring in because I think there is a lot of room for growth in his average. 
but I just don't think we'll see that in the um, in the finals. Yeah, it's it's yeah. There's a couple of red flags there. Obviously, mm. playing on the right edge and that final strength of schedule. But again, a name that isn't a lot on a lot of people's lips. Almost no getting for a steal. Almost no one. Uh, so keep that base power in the back of your mind that the big penis has because mm. it is interesting. His coefficients of variance was thirty four percent, so that's nice. Yep, it doesn't yep. have a ceiling at all. No, but oh no, we're he, talking he top, late. He topped the ton once last season, but. And and got a ninety eight as well, so he can he can put it out there. But look, he's when I was saying that he had a bit of a deflated average, he rounded off the season with a twenty five sixty three, not bad, uh, fifty nine, not bad again. Then a forty five, a forty one, a thirty seven, thirty six, and forty one to round off the season. So when I'm saying deflated, he was averaging before that around about the sixty odd mark, and it's just come down to that fifty six. So. I'd be happy to take him at that 58, split the diff, and then, yeah, kind of profit anything on top. And something that needs to be spoken about with those games is he went Storm, Dragons, Broncos, Roosters, Panthers. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so. So Very, very tough run during that. And, um, yeah, I think throughout the rest of the season, he he scored well against the the Finns and, and, um, well, the Doggies. So let's let's skip over that. But. Yeah, I think he's definitely one that I'll I'll look to try to get some value out because no one's really talking about him. No one's going to be bringing him up the um, their pre-draft list. So yeah, I'll have, I'll have a sticky beak if the, if the value is right at the time. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump for sure. For sure, yeah, um, yeah. Late's nice. That's a mm. nice play. Uh, let's talk about Taylor May here. We can only really look at his twenty twenty two stats. Yep. Uh, average sixty four, base power forty. 16 tries, played on that dominant edge for the Panthers. He has 17 runs a game with 4.4 tackle breaks a game. So remember, this was his rookie season. I think that type of game will be what he'll bring to the table, whether it's wing or center. Hmm. He'll be involved. He'll be making plenty of runs, plenty of tackle breaks. That base power is going to be right up there. That pure base is going to be nice. I don't think... He will score as many tries, obviously, at center, but I think his total try involvement will go up a little bit. So you'll see some assists go in there as well. Yeah. So honestly, maybe not a 64 average, but like a 58, 60 average, I think that's very doable for Taylor May. Yep. Uh, the only thing is classic is sucking the value out of this cunt as big we time, speak. Big time, um, the one thing. The one thing I will say as a doomsayer who got fucking – absolutely pineappled with every single fucking ACL injury. ACL re-injury risk is about 20%. So take that into consideration when you're drafting mm. him. Um, mm. don't, don't be a walker. Don't do a walker. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. So tell him, mate, no, no, no bueno for walker. Um, I'll give you a hot tip. He's going he's gonna to feature in one of our, our lists later. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> How many ACE, ACE guys coming off ACL injuries have you got in the no fucking way? Um, every single category? every single one. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's at least figured. one. I figured. Um, I've got a couple of talking about no fucking ways. I've got a couple of guys that I'm just staying away from. After I dived into the stats here, the first guy is uh, Kenneth Cole here. Teletower Cole. Average fifty seven, base power thirty eight, tries eight, total try involvement seventeen. 
have to remember that he scored a 125 and a 188 in the last mm. two games of the season. Yeah. And he was also playing fullback while he was scoring those points. Yeah. So yeah. I think they're complete outliers. Just take him out. And if you do take him out, he averaged 45. Yeah. He had seven sub-35 point games in 2023. Yeah, that's huge, man. Just, just, just. Just pull the reins, people, on Kenicola because he ain't that sexy. They mean, they mean sucking his dick to the Chewy Centre. And look, for the for the talent that the kid's got, I can understand that. But what are, what have we actually seen from him week in, week out at centre? Not, not enough. Good defence. Good defence. That's about it. Good defence. Great I mean, toe. Fuck off a super great, coach. Great toe on him. But look, unless he's playing fullback, I'm not interested. Uh, like there, there has been a bit of chatter that, like because of how well he went at fullback last season, that he's hundred percent the shoe in. If um, Turbo goes down, like, I still don't know if that's the case. Is it? Yeah. Nah, I don't know. I'll just, I just think had a, he's he had, so overvalued. He, he only went to fullback because I think there was a thousand injuries at um yeah in in the CTWs. So look, yeah, he, he's he's a bit of a risk for for mine as well. What about this, bro? And the reason I looked into this guy was I thought there was going to be value in him, and I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Micah Sivo. I thought oh, I'm in. A, I'm, I'm Dylan Brown. He, late, you, t- you were talking Sean to me Lane. about him, yeah. And I was like, okay, I could get it. Get a get over Sivo. He averaged 54 base power, 28 tries, 20 playing on that dominant edge for the Eels. Then I dived in a little bit further. He has never averaged over 60. No, ever. Guess how many times he has scored over a hundred in the past three years? That's that's equivalent question of asking how many times has he scored three or more tries? And I will say that's probably happened donuts. Four so he's only scored over a hundred four times okay. in three years. And he's only scored over a hundred six times in four years. And I'm guessing those are multiple try games each time as well. For comparison here, Toto got five last season. Mm. Just one season. Last season, yeah, he got yeah, five yeah. games over 100. And Sivo oh, hasn't yeah. done that in the past three oh, years. We're, we're comparing a guy that you'll get in round fucking seven to a guy you'll get in no, round but two. What I'm saying is I think people just think that Sivo is this god beater. Well, everyone, everyone's, everyone's looking at Sivo and seeing fucking Semi Rodrajra. I'm sorry, well, but that's fucking not happening. But the lines are blurred because you're winning money on him, ATS. He's always scoring. He never misses at Bankwest. All these things you're like, if you don't sort of have a look mm. at the stats, you're like, yeah. fuck, surely this cunt's averaging 60 plus. Well, he has never done that. And he never scores over 100. So it doesn't matter when fucking Brown's there, Lane's there. He doesn't even, doesn't matter. Sivo's just a myth. The kid's a myth. Bro, I couldn't believe it. I was like, he's also what? He's also a bit of a pussycat as well. Like, apart from that time he ran over the top of fucking um, Tedesco, he's a bit of a cat. Oh shit! Look at calling out Sivo as a cat. <laughs> I'll be clipping run that me, up. Run at me! Run at me! Be clipping that up, bro. Oh, That's fuck. good. This is, this is why I shouldn't be drinking fucking red wine. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I'm calling out Sivo. Uh, Sivo is up there with one of the hardest, hardest players. I swear yeah, to God. His right thigh is your torso. Mate, and some. And it's a big <laughs> torso, trust me. But what I'm saying is I'm one of those guys that 
I fell into the myth. I was like, oh, Sivo's oh, a gun. You were talking about it, and I'm and I I was like, is it is it is this mate Mike Sivo that we're talking about? Yeah, I couldn't believe that he only scored a hundred. I'm glad I'm glad that you've, you've last three years. found yourself and identified that you were. That's sixty plus games on. Yeah, only four times a hundred. Mm. That's wild, man. So, yeah, Kenny Cola, Mike Sivo, the cat, um, coming the out cat. of Wookus mouth. <laughs> You can leave both those blokes. I'll be leaving them I, through to the keeper. Um, I have to admit, he he's a, he's a much bigger man than than I am. Oh, don't backtrack now, bro. You said it. No, I. I have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. backing up. Yeah, I have to admit, um, red wine got the best of me there. I love it. I love it. This mate, there could be another hour oh, in this podcast. Jesus, if Here we, we go. Maybe strap in, people. Strap in. Oh God. Um. Another guy I want to talk about here is Semi Valame. Oh, yeah. He'll come in on the right right wing mm. for the Cowboys. Yeah. He only played nine games last season. The thing that I hate is that he has an average of 66. He's going to be overdrafted, so, man. I, I, there's, no, sure. there's no value to be had with him. I, I think I think at best he at best he, he maintains somewhere towards that. I don't think he gets to the tippity top heights. No, I, I don't think he can replicate the 66, which is hard because, yeah, like you said, you know, idiots are going to overdraft mm, him. Yeah. His power is sexy, 39. Yep. Had nine tries in those nine games. Um, I think it continues to be the dominant edge, that right edge for the the Cowboys. Pure base of 32 is great as well. Mm. The right winger for the Cowboys scored 22% of their total tries, which was a better percentage than Brian To'o. Yeah, cows were right dominant, scoring forty percent of their tries down that right edge. So I think I think that continues with the cows. So that's mm. great for Valentine. Yep. It's yeah, like I said, that sixty six hurts me. I think you could you could sneak up around that sixty average. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, but yeah, just someone to keep an eye on. So when you're starting to come around that round five, round six, round seven, around there, semi Valame. Um, now if you if if you've got guys that aren't just drafting off last year's averages, Semi Valame is a name that not a, a lot of people are, are talking about. So if that's the case, you might find some value. But, yeah, I, I really liked what I what I saw from Valame. He was a completely different player. He, he, ca- he, came, he came from the clouds when, like, yep. when I saw him in the few games that he played for the Raiders. It, like, I was a bit surprised that the Cowboys signed him. But um, yeah, he turned into a, a much different player for those nine games he played for the Cows. Hundred percent, definitely. Um, yeah, he. Another thing that's a bit of a detraction, obviously, that round twenty-five buy. Exactly, <clears throat> exactly. Right. But again, you're probably where you want to get Semi Valame is probably just like fuck, just, what, if he's whatever. if he's there and he slides far enough, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely agree yep. with that. I mean, um, next guy came off the ranks probably Stephen Crichton, Critter. We'll have a yep. bit of a chat about him. Look, there's a lot of there's a lot of back um, backline guys that have come into the side uh, in the last season. So look, they've got Bronson Sherry, they've got Blake Taff, they've got Connor Tracy. There's a there's a lot of mouths to feed in that backline, and I just don't know um, where Critter is going to end up. Like you'd you'd assume that he ends up on the left center spot, but I've I've heard a lot of talk about him going to fullback and and um, Taff coming on the bench as a utility role. But they've already got mm. a number of players who can play utility role better than Taff. So look, I, 
I think he's going to play left center. I think Taft's going to start at the start of the season at fullback. Um, there's also some chatter that he'll play. Um, he'll be the goal kicker. I don't see that happening. Like if if Critter was a much much better goal kicker than um, than Birdo, maybe. But Birdo's kicking him at like an eighty five percent clip. It's and he's the first. He was the first choice kicker last season. Crichton's only, Critter's only been like goal kicking part time when Cleary's not there. So, look, I can't see that happening either. I, I see there being a huge regression in the out, the potential output for Crichton, not just from like the, the center spot going from a high attacking team to a settler dweller team, but also he had, a, he had probably, I think it was about four and a half to five points in his average um, from the goal kicking as well that he, that he played probably about seven or eight games. So that needs to be taken into consideration as well. So look, he will be the big swinging dick in the team in attack. So that brings him up, up a bit. So going from the 63 average from last season, maybe like a 59 and I'm not too, too bad with that. It's the Panthers dip, isn't it? You talk about with Viliami Kikau coming into this Bulldog side as well. That was entirely different. It was, it was, you've got a 64 average playing outside of the best player in the fucking world, bro. Yeah. The world. The world. Not not just that team. The fucking world. Now you're coming into a dog side where everyone thinks you're the fucking second coming of Christ. I mean, I've never really been big on Critter anyway, even when he was at the Panthers. He's got a CV of 48%, so you know he's got a low score on him, but he mm-hmm. does. Yep. He can string together those big games where he scored 148, 124, something like yep, that. Yep. But that's because he played in the Panthers outside Nathan Cleary. Yes. You're not going to get that yes. at the Dogs. You're not going to get those dizzy, dizzy heights playing for the Dogs. So, yeah, I'm I'm not on mm. him at all. I'll, I'll let people get whipped up about Critter all they want and just let him be somebody else's problem. Yeah. I think he's he's going to be overdrafted in, in most leagues. There's there's going to be one um one guy that's big on him. Okay, it's neither of us, but someone's going to draft him high on in our league. Good. He hasn't got he hasn't Good. got the fullback on him. Um and he won't get it in, unless he does play fullback at some point. Trials will be interesting. If he is playing fullback then maybe I'm interested. Um but look he he'll be playing fullback for a team that I still think will be mid table at absolute best um yeah it's a it's a miss for me yep i agree um anyone else here you want to talk about before we get into the bargain basement um, move along oh, him with this will be a three-hour podcast okay. um i'll i'll pick and choose uh i'll i'll say one thing katoni stags is this going to be his year i don't know i hope so i don't think so how many how many CT, Bronco CTWs is drafting this year, bro? Um, including Dean, Dean Mariner. Or, or, <laughs> well, actually, speaking speaking of um, Bronco CTWs, let's talk uh, about Herbie Farmer. Here, here we go. What about, what about Herbie? Look, I think there is there is solid regression from that sixty two from last year. Um, going to a Dolphins outfit that look, we know how dominant that right edge is, uh, much more mm. dominant than the Broncos' right edge is. So I think that there is going to be a significant dip. If the if the stories are true that he may play fullback, then yeah, I'm I'm a little bit more interested because he'll firstly gain the um, the fullback as well as have a bit of an uptick in his output. But haven't seen anything from him at fullback to to warrant that. And look, I just feel like he's 
he's probably going to gravitate towards somewhere between like a 57, 58, 59 average in the season. Not something that, look, you'll be paying the world for him based on his name. Yeah, 13 tries is going to be hard to replicate so. over there at the Dolphins. Yep, yep. So, yeah, not for me, old Herbie. And then, yeah, Nick, Nick Meany, talk about regression. Yeah, so what do we have? What, what have we got happening with Nick Meany, left wing? I think he's going to end up in the centers, to be honest. Because you're not going to move. Will Warbrick play well enough to retain his spot? They mm. they specifically bought Xavier Coates to play left wing. You're not moving mm. either of those. They just sold. I don't know, but we we saw Coates come into the side and he played right wing at the start of his career yeah. with the um with the Storm. So there is a possibility they could mm. move. Yeah. Him over to the right, and mean you could play left. Yeah, but and they could. I, I, drop don't, I don't think you drop Warbrick, would you? Well, the one thing I'm worried about is Meany. I don't think he's big enough to play center. Yeah, no, I see that. Nah. So, like, because like if you're an attacking team, you're like, who's playing center? Oh, fuck, Nick Meany. Hello, but again, I I agree with you. Will Warbrick played well enough to keep his spot there. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do there at the Melbourne Storm. The, the, I don't the like Storm, him the Storm, at the Storm previously have at times kept a like like a CTW like or, or fullback uh, on the bench as well. So there is mm. the there is the chance that he might play off the bench and and like at the start of the season at very least and spelling Pappy at times. So it's a good it's a good plan B to have mm-hmm. if Pappy goes down. Yeah, that's for sure. So that might be that might be where they gravitate towards. And but based on like even if like half of that is is true, that sixty eight average is fucking dangerous to have in your pre draft oh, yeah. list. Oh yeah, you should like in classic. There is no fucking way on earth he he can be in your team. Like his his percentage owned in classic should be zero. Yep. Yep. One hundred percent. Yeah, yep. no, I agree. All right, mate, let's keep it moving. Let's get into the, the bargain basement. Well, that's the way bargain basement works. <laughs> I'm very aroused. I'm going to kick it off here, and it's going to be a quick one, and it's going to be Daniel Tupu, Ooh, and it's going to and it and it's going to be to stay the fuck away from him. <laughs> so he averaged forty five. In the seven games he played outside Joey uh, Suwali'i, and he averaged 65 in the seven games he played on the opposite fucking side of the field to him. Mm. So what I'm saying I'll, here is I'll, the closest that Daniel Tupu gets to fucking <laughs> Suwali'i, the worse he's going to go on Super that, So if you think Joseph Suwali'i is going to play left center, then Daniel Tupu is not the guy for you. Yeah, and that's why Suwali'i's leaving league, because he, he knew that at some point he's going to have to learn how to pass the ball. It's not going to happen. Can't. It's not going to happen. No. Yeah. So, and Daniel Tupu is a name that's been, you know, pretty prolific in Supercoach circles for a long time. Mm. You know, he's been a 60 averaging CTW. Yep, yep. He's been a great target in the air, great finisher for the Roosters mm. as well. So be careful with Daniel Tupu, 45 average outside Joseph Suwali. So you have been warned, people. Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, Nick Meany into, into Tupu, they're like two dangerous guys to be drafting mm-hmm. the team. And then... um. Look, an inter- a couple of interesting ones for for mine. Bronson Sherry, what what where do we where do we draft him? Like, do we think he gets a, a starting spot? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty confident that he's going to land that that left center spot. Uh, over over but, Connor Tracy. 
Yeah, I'm. I think that. I mean, I think X, that X Factor had it had it going on for sure. Well, he's injured at the moment, mm. so that's not going in favor of kind of Tracy at no, the moment. No. Um, and it really does all depend on where Critter falls. If Critter plays fullback, you'll probably see kind of Tracy play right center and Bronson Cherry play left center. Mm. But if they do bring in Blake Taft to play fullback and Critter moves to right centre, then, yeah, you're going to have Connor Tracy battling it out with Bronson and Sherry. Mm. So it is a bit of a trial watch to see how the Bulldogs want to go with their back line here. Um, So I've seen a thousand different predicted uh, team lists yeah, for the Bulldogs, and they're all uh, different. Everyone's got an opinion on this one, so I've got no idea. Uh, but all I know is I love the narrative. Yes. Bronson Sherry coming back in the side, point to prove. He's put it a put of working with Fabry uh, as well. Obvious, obviously put a bit of muscle on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bronson anabolic. <laughs> fucking Sherry. But I like, I, yeah, quick fucking, he's going to, yeah, he's going to want to put in. Yeah. Apparently so, he's put on all this size and he hasn't, he hasn't skipped a beat. He's, he's actually yeah. as quick. Yeah, which is so I don't terrifying. mind. I don't mind the play like back end. We're talking, you know, picks eighty, picks ninety, something like that. He's a good you know, stab. Pretty He's late. Good a stab. A good stab, isn't he? Fuck yeah! Uh, fuck yeah! So I, I don't like um, the fox if Bronson Sherry's playing left center because I think Bronson <laughs> Sherry every chance he gets to have the ball in his hands, he's going to try and do something with yes. it, and it's not going to be past the ball. Mm. So yeah, I, I think it's interesting. It could be a nice little you know gamble that. Could work out well for you. Mm. I think the Bulldogs. We've talked about the Bulldogs being a better side yep. and scoring more points. So that left edge is potent. We're big yeah. on Burton. So yeah, yeah it's all. I mean, adding up. I mean, like he, he came with a 50, 56 average last time he played NRL in twenty nineteen. There's a, there's been a number of rule changes that have occurred since then. I think they they have added to speeding up the game, so it does work in his favour. Um, he doesn't have that much of a ceiling to him. Um, there's like a handful of games where he scored um, a couple of tries, but look, it's yeah. I I mean, for for what you you're potentially get him for, I think he's worth a stab to be honest. But yeah, um, yeah, punt. Yeah, I mean, it's the doggies at, at the end of the day, so I don't think the attacking output's going to be huge. But look, with the type of weapon that he is, I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind it either. Um, what about your boy Bailey Simonson? I sort of had a bit of a oh, deep yeah. dive into his stats. Mm. He was a very, he was very interesting. Average fifty four, base power thirty seven. Only had nine tries. Mm. Total try involvements was eighteen. Obviously, going to be playing on that left edge, which is the dominant Hates side. Hates passing the ball as well. But this is interesting. Played fourteen games at centre and averaged sixty four. Yep. That's ten points of value if you only look at the games that mm. he played centre for Parramatta Eels. So in those fourteen games he played centre, he he scored eight tries, six assists, twenty five points a game in runs alone, and thirty two in pure base. So now we're getting up there with sort of some you know mm. of the elite centres in the game. Yeah. Uh, so I think at least there's six points of value there, putting at him at around a sixty point. Um, average for 2024. I think he's a massive yeah. sleeper, bro. Well, especially when you, you you're drafting him off a 54 average from last season, yeah. it's it's a huge uptick that you could potentially get from him. He's he was the death knell to Marco's Marco Sivo's quality season. He was gearing up to be the top try scorer for the season, and as soon as Bailey Simonson moved there, never fucking got the ball after that because Bailey Simonson was yep. like, "Yep, tuck it on the arm, and I'll fucking I'll tear through this side." 
Um, and now you've got Lane Brown yeah, there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's going to be more potent. There's going to be more no, for sure. to look at mm. for defenders. There's going to be less eyes on him. So I yeah, think it's yeah. all tick, tick, tick for Bailey Simonson. But just just looking at his games that he played at center, he got 10 points of value. That's mm. fucking crazy. Yeah. That's a gift. Well, he played He played so many games out on that left uh, left wing spot and, and left center at times as well. So... Look, it's he's definitely one that I'm looking at as an owner from last season. He's definitely one that I was stoked to pick up off waivers, and um, yeah, he's definitely one that I'm looking at. Didn't even realize there was that much value. It just felt like he mm. was scoring quite well after I picked him up. So yeah. yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, bro, I love it. I'm, I'm, yeah, he's a nice sleeper play mm. in these back end of the rounds. You probably go a little bit earlier after now we've talked about him because you know everyone listens yeah, to us. Yeah, yeah, but um, Bastards. oh well, Bastards. Let's head here though. Yeah. Anyone else here you want to talk about before we move on, bro? Um, We've got guys like Murray Talangi from the Cowboys. He's going to continue to do more of the same. Jason Saab as well. There's no one really that I see any dips or any value in. I think they continue to do more of the same. So that's why I'm not really touching on it. Chris has a chance to move back into the centers rather than fullback. It's a bit of a risk. Jordan Rappiner had that outlier game where he was playing fullback. He's unlikely to play fullback, so I'm, I'll cool on him a little bit. Billy Smith is one that I think may miss out, undeservedly miss out selection. Mm. Um, I think he mm. should be selected ahead of Soli, but because um, I think he's better center. Um, Stafford Teller was a real interesting one last season. Um, I put a line through him because of the, the Tigers, um, but. Staffatel played some decent footy um, last season. Uh, he definitely put his best, best foot forward in some of the games. He's definitely one that um, I was pleasantly surprised as a as like a, um, a a streamer that I put in my my side a couple of times on one of my leagues. So look, coming off forty nine average, um, he's one to just keep an eye on because I don't think he'll get drafted. So you could pick him up off waivers in the first couple of weeks if the Tigers end up starting to do something. Mm. Not one that I'd start with, but yeah, because um, especially in classic, he's, he's way too he's out of it. He's about five hundred k. In that forty nine average as well, he's got a nine minute game where he scored fourteen points. Yeah. So you're looking at sort of like a fifty three average anyway. Yep. But it is inflated from that round twelve game where he scored one hundred and fifty two points. Yeah, that, that was against cows, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Absolutely when fucking, everyone fucking dominated. Scored. I think Luke Brooks yep. scored a bundle and, yeah, it was, yep. it was outrageous. Everyone was yeah. lining up in that game. Fuck, all you, right, you let's scored a couple keep... of tries in that one. Yeah, shit, triple, bro. I'll be all over it. All right, let's get into time here, four seconds. We're going to bet it off. You son of a bitch. I'm in. Okay, so we've got that's Tyrone Munro. I love that sting. I love that sting. Every time it gets me. Iro, Alamotti, Junior Two. Oh, do you know what I'll start with? I'll start with Tommy Talao. So Tommy Talao is going to come into this manly side. He has. Wait, we, haven't, 20... we haven't spoken about Dave Nofaluma. How have we missed him? Yeah, does he have a team? Is he playing in our? Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he could be playing the UK, bro. Fuck, mate. Uh, I think so. Hard to get super coach points might, when you're playing from the couch. You might be playing for Wenty, um, I think. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, Tommy Talia, 28 average. No one's looking at him. No one's talking about mm. him. He will be suiting up probably on that left edge uh, for the Manly Seagulls if it doesn't all go to plan with Garrick playing center and all that bullshit. Yeah. So one to keep an eye on. Obviously, we're talking about here with the Hal Marys. This is going to be pretty much your bench picks, guys that you're just having an absolute punt on. That's why we're saying, saying guys like Eero, Munro, mm. guys that might yeah, come yeah, into yeah. sides throughout the year. Uh, not much else to say about these guys other than they're just punts, but anyone that you're really keen on putting on your bench? Yeah, I mean, like um, like Junior Tupo, he's he's just signed with the Dolphins for 25, so I'm not, I don't 100% know whether he's going to be coming in with all guns blazing. Jack Bostock's an interesting one. Um, he's mm. proposed to be the starting left, left wing. In the games that he played last season, I think he played four games, scored fuck all until the last game where he scored a 78. So I think he's going to be inflated and everyone's going to be jumping on his dick because of um, because of classic. Um, Xavier Coates last season did fuck all um, so far as like super coach scoring goes. I'm expecting something similar. Justin Olam is probably one that I'm I'm interested in. I think he's he's spoken about his last season's form that he was struggling with a lot of injuries coming into a Tigers outfit. Where um, look, I think we can see um, a lot of improvement for Olam himself. I don't think we'll see much more than maybe a 50 to 55 average from him, but coming from a 41 average last season, he's probably one that's going to be down the list on a lot of people. And um, Yeah, he's interesting. Um, Eero's the big one for me. Oh, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. he's he's a guy that, look, I don't know if I can do it with our four-man bench. No, you could, you, you know, couldn't hold him. Yeah, But if you've got an extended bench, uh, guys like Munro and sure. Eero yeah. are great stashes. Yeah. Eero, if he comes into this shark side, you are going to have an absolute even, even taking a taking a punt on guys like Ethan Strange. He's he's done some pretty crazy things in in Resis and the under nineteen's Origin and things like that. So, mm. like these these are the type of guys you want to be um, having a, having a stab at. And even this this um, Viliami um, Valia. From the Warriors, yeah. who's come the across the cows. Yeah, yeah. Yep, average wasn't sensational, but he's got the type of attacking game that we like to see from um, from centers. Mm. So Guru's if, got big raps, yeah, on, so sure. we love that. So if he, That's a big tick. If he's the one who ends up getting that right center spot. I'm all about it. Um, mm. even, for, even for classic, where he's, he's in that sort of um, mid range to cheapy sort of area, so definitely one that I'm looking at. Obviously, that round twenty five buys stare me at the face, but fuck. But look, this is this is how many. So who gives a pick. fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right, let's uh, let's get into the happy ending. Happy ending. I got Let me break it down for you so you understand. I'll hold your hand like a small child. Oh fuck! Oh my god! Fuck yeah! All right, so the draft strategy for CTWs. Look, if round one and round two belong to the fullbacks and halfbacks. And we've talked about round three and five is where two RFs live. Then five to eight is CTW town. So we're building a bit of a strategy here as we go through the positions. And I think that's when you you start striking with the CTWs because there's always a handful of CTWs that are picked outside the top 50 but scrape into the top 30 averaging players. And they're the guys you want to sort of hone in on and get good value for, right? 
there is supreme value to be had. Um, you should be running with two to three solid set and forget CTWs and then have two or three matchup dependent CTWs um, on your bench that you can rotate through to good matchups. So it should be fluid. You might even only have one really solid CTW and the rest of your CTWs are fluid depending on matchups. You bring them in, you sit them depending on the matchups. You know where you see those matchups? You see it on the Patreon, all the stats, all the matchups, every round, every game. That's where you find it. And just if you take anything away from this podcast, it's keep CTWs who play for top attacking teams on dominant edges at the top of your list. Mm. I can't simplify it any better than that. That's the guys you want. And start there and end there because, yeah, that's how. That's pretty much how you should draft your CTWs. No, I 100% and, agree, man. Look, it's we're starting to really get that structure for those first five rounds in draft aren't we mm, like it's yeah well even, even it's building even, even the first like five to six rounds it's it's definitely something where you want to hit your spine move into it move into your, your tourists slash your really high ceiling ctws and then the ctws baby yep yeah and look if you combine like i said at the start of the podcast bp total try involvements they're the sexy stats for the ctw if you combine bp with total try involvements from 2023 you get a top 10 of Gagai, Mazu, Kelly, Graham, Tago, Herbie, Manu, Ramian, Penasini. If you want to dial in even more and just look at those guys that are playing on dominant attacking edges, you get Mazu, Kelly, To'o, possibly Tago if he's on the right, and Manu. Mm. So that's how I quickly looked at the CTW position and just how I like to look at it. And I went, okay, I like BP. I like try involvements, and then I dialed in more and said, okay, which out of these guys are playing on the dominant edges for their teams? And they're the guys that are just putting their hand up mm. ready to be taken by the Eskimo bros, baby. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a good point to make. Like, there's no point in going for, like, a high-octane player if they're not on the high-octane side of the field. Yep. And it's heartbreaking. If you pick one of these guys and and you spend a decent pick on them, um, and then all of a sudden they catch a cold out there. The ball just doesn't go at their their edge. It's fucking, it's really, really heartbreaking. And you end up it's fucking trading. Fr- no, no, it's not heartbreaking. It's fucking frustrating. It's the worst. Mm. And you end up trading them out for some fucking numpty. And then, yeah, it, the, the whole thing is just a snowball effect and it's fucked. You just don't want to be any part of it. Um, all right, let's keep going. Let's get into boom, bust. Sleeper. I think he's a bust. Sneaky, sneaky, sir. All right, man. Booms. Who you got here? All right. Spoke about him earlier. Brayman Best. Just just hitting the tippity top of his best. And then, um, obviously, Isaac Tungo. Stolen from you. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to have a good good right. season, Isaac Tungo. I do like him. Uh, I've gone Zach Lomax and Hammer. Yeah. Zach Lomax for obvious reasons. But Hammer, I just think, fuck, he's got an average of below 60 at the moment. That just seems crazy to me. Yeah. I think that's going to blow out of the water. I think a good one that you, uh, you mentioned before is um, Bailey Simonson as well, but I think you might talk about him a bit later. Well, yeah. He's, <laughs> a, he's, a, he's snoring at the moment, Bailey Simonson. Uh, <laughs> Love that. Bus. Love it. Uh, who you got? Uh, bus. Look, there's a fucking raft of them. There's so many busts in CTWs. Mm. Every year there are. Um, Dane Gay Guy, we spoke about him earlier. Nick Meany, yep. obviously. Um, but also, I'm going to add in the two of the highest scoring CTWs from last season, Joanna Sarko and DWZ. 
I think both of those are um, really regression um, prone. Just based on the amount of tri- solely amount the amount of tries that they scored and the fact that they will have um, better, better quality opposite um, better quality teammates coming in, which may funnel the ball away from them. Yeah, fair. I've gone Daniel Tupu because of yep. Suwali. Yep, okay. uh, I've gone Ravalawa. If Lomax goes to fullback, mm-hmm. that'll be the end of him. Yep. Dom Young, I just don't think you can replicate that many tries. And Kenneth Cole, just because those last two games. Mm. Just got to take that out of his average and it drops significantly. Yeah. So all of those guys. And the thing is, we've just named, what, seven guys that are huge regression risks, busts. With eight, busts, eight. There's, going to be, there's going to be guys that come in here. Yeah. No, for sure. And take, for sure. take their place. Sure. So there's value to be had if there's this many busts. And there's, and, and there's guys, there's, there's a sloper that I haven't even I haven't even put on the list that I'll, I'll mention. But um, fuck, like... We just don't know who that next guy, next man up is. Like, there's mm. going to be there's going to be the equivalent of the beast and 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 Asako who come through from the cloud. Well, even DWZ to a degree. Like they came through. Yeah. They they didn't replicate what they did the previous season. They just went to a completely different level. That's it. You just got to be like me. Be really onto it and get like a guy like Greg Marzu in round five or round six, and just be that intelligent. If you can manage that, you've done really well. You've drafted really well. Yeah, you didn't make it past me though, did you? <laughs> well, you you're, Bleepers, you're, you're... I've I've gone semi Valame, yeah. Talon May, and your boy Bailey Simmons. And yeah, all of I'm them all over Bailey. are great sleepers. Yeah, I think Bailey's in for a big season, um, and I think it's going to be the worst season for um for Sivo. I don't think he's going to make twenty twenty trials again. Fuck Sivo, yeah. mate! I've dropped him like a bad habit. <laughs> I don't want to ever even talk about him again. I my what a myth. My sleepers are Tony Staggs and um, Zach Lomax. Um, yep. I just don't think there's enough enough spoken about the potential, even even for Zach Lomax at um at center, but Katoni Staggs like. Haven't touched the surface, scratched the surface, even even the surface of the surface of what he's potentially mm, okay. is. Um, he is like a special, special type of player, but he's also a lazy fucking prick of a player. Um, mm. The main reason why I've got him in the sleepers list is what he did as a kangaroo. I want I want to see that on the field for the Broncos, and if he can do that. That's going to change things entirely from his super coach output. And look, I think without having Cobo taking the shine away from him and having a guy who's going to play more as his um, his sidekick rather than taking over the show um, in Dean Mariner, I think the potential's there for a fair bit of uplift in his uh, fifty-two average from last season. Only takes one little soft tissue injury in one of uh, Adam Reynolds' legs for Katoni Stakes to get the kicking as well. So that's, that's true to think about. I would actually prefer him not to because he's a fucking horrible kicker. I think he scored <laughs> about a 40, 40 odd, 40% average. Uh, so no, fuck. don't want that. All right, let's get into the guys we don't want to touch yep. uh, at all. No, the no fucking, fucking ways. No, I'm not working with this guy. I've been there, done that. So I've gone, uh, I'll add in this, Michael Sivo, no fuck away, um, but also <laughs> Joseph Suwali'i. He's, he's, no, gone, no he's gone dead set from one of your booms to no fuck away. I love that. Um, okay. See, that's, you can do your study. <laughs> that's, that's, that's five. I like it. Um, no, I'm going to go Isaiah Tass because I think even if he gets that right wing spot, at some point Munro is going to take the spot from him. Mm-hmm. Taylor May, ACL, can't do it. 
can't do it, yeah. especially especially Fair. especially first season back from an RCA, ACL. Yes, he's had the had the season off. Um, so essentially, this is his second season back. I think return to performance is an issue, and I think he's not going to be as agile as we'd like to see from a, a center wing. Mm. For those reasons alone, I think anyone drafting him anywhere near his sixty four average from two seasons ago is bonkers. And um, yeah, while while yeah, he potentially is a sleeper because of me just busting him down. The injury risk there, on top of the um, the return to performance, like uh, I'm just too. It's too much for me. Be wary of the classic chat too. Yeah, that yeah. Everyone's really everyone's absolutely up. sucking yep. his dick, and yep. look, he's everyone's everyone was forgetting before Guru fucking pumped his tires about how how good he was when he came through on, on the on mm. the left wing. Everyone started to remember, and now everyone's all keen about him. Look, at the end of the day, he's 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 coming back from like one of the most debilitating injuries in rugby league, the the ACL. And I think he's priced at a forty two average or something yeah, like that, that for classic. For classic yeah, so for, that's, for classic. That's why everyone's for classic, up you and have about. to start with him. For classic, yeah. yes. And that's what I've heard is everyone's like, he's the first pick. Yep. And when people and this is where the lines get blurry between draft and, and and classic, you know, when you're looking at all the content creators, all the stuff you see on socials, uh, you know, if you see a guy being talked about a lot, that can sort of subliminally just morph 100%. into your picks 100%. and then all of a sudden you're big on a guy and you don't know why, and it's because of all the chat from classic. So just mm. be wary of him. Yeah. All right, bro. Let's get into <laughs> the job, I wanted you to see these player evaluations. What's wrong with Cal? I think he's a bust. I mean, the guy has hammies that could literally pull a car. All right, I'll let you go first here. Uh, it's a, it, it's about our our favorite man, Bizarre <laughs> Brian Tyler. Yeah, baby. Look, Let's go. Um, last two last two seasons. Um, well, not. Last season, season before was a bit of a bust for him. Uh, Fifteen games, about a sixty average, um, high coefficient of variance. So, look, it was it was anything but the type of Toto season we've seen before. Twenty twenty one was the peak of his powers. Eighty two average, eighteen games, um, base power of fifty seven points. So that that's that's up towards like the the gay guy outlier season so mm. this is this is something to really take notice of and look the total try involvements from 2021 was at, was 1.1 per game as well um he came close to replicating this last season so 20 games season average 70.6 coefficient of variance was down at 3.32 um, so 32 percent. the base power up again to 46.7 the try involvements back up to um 0.9 up from uh, 0.5 the season before. Lime, um, tackle breaks per game is an area where I see a huge improvement from him, um, potentially. And this is from getting a little bit of additional space from having Tungo inside of him. 20, um, 2021, he averaged 6.3 line, uh, tackle breaks per game. Last season, it was only 4.6. So I, I do feel like there is a um, there is a lot of uptick from um, Brian Toto that we can get out of him in both attack for tries, line breaks, as well as tackle breaks. And I think that there, with how dominant um, Isaac Tungo was last season um, when he was fit, 
I think there is going to be a lot of a lot of players coming up on Isaac Tungo, leaving space for Toto. Mm. It's um like the base the base power is another area where I do see the obvious uptick. There was a ten point difference between twenty twenty three season and twenty twenty one season. I mean that that's that's close to the difference in his season average. So if he can replicate half of that, that's a five point bump in his average, which is already seventy point six. That's getting him up towards on the turn of your first round pick, first and second mm. round pick. So look, I, I think with how dominant that right edge is at the moment, I think that's possibly turn it up a notch. This is business season, I reckon. This is this is he could go close to that eighty again. Um, not not pegging him for that in our in our average estimates, but look, I'm I'm, I'm all about um, I'm all about busy this season. I think it's going to be the last one with his with one of his mates, Luai, before he moves on to the um, to the Tigers. Mm. I think they're going to try to put him out on a on a big um, a big win. So yeah, I, I feel like they're going to be going out all stops. Yeah, it's with Brian Toll, like you said, you start off with that five point bump in average just because that's where the value lies, right? So seventy five average, you just draft him at that. You look at some of the CTWs that over overperformed last season and I take Toll over all of yep. them, you know, yep. Asako, uh Marzu, all these guys. Brian Toll is the first guy I want to take in the CTW position. Uh, you take Critter away. Critter, we know he is glue hands. There's been so many mm. times when you're watching Brian Toll and you're watching oh, so games, whether you have an ATS on on Brian Toll or you owned him like I did, and you're going, mate, can you just fucking pass the ball? The cunt is, <laughs> is literally, he's got a truckload of space out yeah, there. Yeah. All he needs to do is put the ball down, and he keeps con- continuing to, to put a to seven, tuck four, seven down that fucking wing. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. So I think, you know, like you said, there's going to be more line breaks. There's yes. going to be more tries. Yeah, so yeah. I, there is going to be a, a sexy bump there with Brian Toa. But then you look at his strength of schedule. You've got Panthers in round 22. Uh, Panthers play Knights in round 22. That's Marzu on yep. the left wing. Yep. Great matchup. Sivo uh, for the Paramount Eels <laughs> yeah, like in round that. 23. Sivo Great loves matchup. Yep. Uh, you've got Storm. So it's probably going to be Manny or Coates. Yep. So uh, we love that that matchup. Uh, Raiders, who's that going to be? Probably Rappener. No, no. On the other edge, it's going to be Hopawade or whoever fills yep. in that side. Yep, like that. Uh, and then you've got AJ for the bunnies in round twenty six, and then AKP for the Titans. So literally every single mm-hmm. one of those teams from round twenty two to twenty seven, their weak point in defense is uh, their left yeah. wing. So. He could score a try on every single one of them. And you know what Brian Totter does with tries? He scores over 85 when he scores yeah. tries. So that's fantastic. That's a captaincy option in every single one mm. of those games. Yeah. So Like he, he'll score a 65 without a try easily. And yeah. and that's yeah. what we, that's Crazy. what we love about him is that base power that he's got. It's such a solid floor to work from that, um, yeah, I can't speak highly enough for him. I've got him in the first – Few picks after the turn on round round one, and in round two, sorry. And look, he's he's the type of player that look, you're probably not going to start with him in classic, but you're going to have him in your side at some point. It's gonna it's yep. an inevitability. Um, he's going to be a must have. So yeah, he's definitely one that I'm fucking excited about. And I think look, Cleary was um, had a, had a couple issues last season. I think 
coming in fully fresh. He's had his off-season surgery, hasn't he? Yep. No, he's he's, he's all fucking ready to go. So, yeah, I think that that right side is going to be fucking humming. The only detraction will be if we find out that Taylor May is playing the right edge. That is the only only if. But I I can't. I still think it's could be any worse than Critter. No, it's it's not going to be worse than Critter. So I don't think there's going to be a regression, but it's not going to be up towards the uplift that we're hoping. Um, Yep. I can't really see it happening because Tungo's played the the right edge before. Um, Taylor May have only seen him play well NRL. I've only seen him play on the left. So yeah. that's that's something that might and hit us up if if you have seen otherwise. But yeah, it's um it is something that I think huge, huge, huge on him. Easily number one. I think he's um he's gonna beat out um the beast average by a few points at least. And the other thing with the Panthers as well, like they peak at the right time of the season. So yep. when you get around that round twenty Panthers start mm. playing finals footy already. Yep, yep, like they're, yep. they're starting to click into gear. And you look at Brian Toto's scores from round 20 onwards. So round 21, got a 104, then an 84, a 108, a 77. Had a down game against Parramatta, 46, but then ended the season at round 27 with a 100-point game. Mm. So he peaks with the Panthers. We love that. Yeah. It was funny heading into the, the 2021 season when we are talking about um, – Oh, he hasn't had an injury. There's, there's surely going to happen. And then, yeah, 2021, he had the injury, and then he had so oh, many, so it. many injuries in, um, in 15. In, I'm um, yep. sorry, 20, 2022 as well. So, look, I think the, the worst is behind him. Um, and look, he's, he's going from strength to strength in Origin as well. So, look, he's, he's a monster of a player. Fucking love him yep. and love to watch him. And- Huge chub rub, a guy that you really enjoy watching playing. Yes. He is going to make yes. your Super Gauge games more enjoyable. You, you tune in Friday night, 8 p.m., Toto's your vice captain. It doesn't get any better than that, people. We love yep. that. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to watch when he plays the Broncos because I half want to see him do something good as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, my chub rub is Jacob Kiraz. So this is interesting because the deeper I went here, the more excited I got. So average 59 for the 2023 season, base pair of 48. Hello. Only six tries. Uh, the whole year was an injury-affected game uh, season. He had an elbow, a fucking back, I'm pretty sure a jaw. It was a really rough run. And if you listen to Brian Sini, the NRL physio, his podcast, he does talk about Jacob Kraus and the value that he presents because of these injuries. You take out his 12-minute injury game, he has a 62 average. So already looking at three points of value before we even start. The first five games of the year before his injury, he averaged 80. Mm. 80 points. He was scoring 36 points a game in runs alone. He had 11 points a game in tackle breaks and 10 points in offloads. That's 57 fucking points, and he hasn't made a tackle, hasn't broken a line, hasn't even looked like scoring a try. That's wild, right? But even during that whole injury-plagued year, he still averaged 3.8 tackle tackle breaks a game, 29 points a game in hit-ups, and 8.4, that's right, 8.4 points a game in offloads. So well, that's minimum two effective offloads. Yeah, yeah. So he's coming in fresh, healthy. You got Toby Sexton. Um, he's going to have a full preseason uh, playing on that right half. 
Critter might come in playing uh, that four. You have Taft moving around there in the back line as well. All I'm saying is that right edge for the Bulldog is going to be better than it was last year just because of the cattle that's coming mm. in. Look at that base power, bro. 48. Greg yeah. Marju, the fucking beast, his base power's 49, and we suck mm. his dick. I mean, uh, like, I, I look at this and I'm like, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid as well, but, I mean, the six tries that he got, with how dominant that left edge is going to be at the Bulldogs, that's my only concern. I don't see a huge uptick in any base that he can get, but his conversion rate for the opportunities that he will get on that edge will go up. And having having Sexy Sexton throwing out some balls, kicking kicking to that edge, look, yeah, I think six six tries in 19 games, you can't tell me that he's not going to beat that next season. 100%. And the thing is, like, Last year, he got six tries on on an edge that had no one. It was a fucking barren wasteland mm. out there. Burton was running the show. You know, Sexton didn't come into the side until late in the piece, yeah. and he was still fine on his feet. Now you've got Sexton. He's probably going to be commanding a little bit more ball on the right because he's going to take more ownership over the attack, being the number seven and having a full preseason under his belt. And I love this strength of schedule in the finals as well. Like you've got Raiders 22, Dragons 23, Dolphins 24, Warriors a little bit hard in 25, Manly, Cows. It's a great strength of schedule and that right edge will have opportunities to score points. Now, you guys keep asking us who the next CTW that's going to make the leap from into the top 20, top 30, who's going to be the next Greg Marsu? I'm telling you, it's going to be Karaz. I'm putting, my, I'm putting my stamp of approval on it. I mean, if he was playing either on uh, like the left edge or like a better team, 100% all about it. And I think he's got all the stamps to say, yes, he can. And look, if the, if the doggies come out and they start playing better than they did last season, attack, getting more ball and attacking um, positions and things like that, then look, sky's the limit for Karaz. He could, he could average 75 without without. Batten eyelid. Imagine if he just scored eleven tries for the season. Don't it's five more tries. Yeah. Fucking wild. He's average skyrockets. That's he doesn't have to do much. Well, I think to sort of be think, that sixty-five, seventy point player. Well, the type of injury that he did have that he was carrying through the season affected his his fend, his offloading ability, his line breaking ability. Like you take away that in, those injuries, like. Yes, he's breaking the line more. Yes, he's offloading more, and even even like more than the two effective offloads that he had per, per yeah, game. Exactly. Like this is yep. wild. Mm. Yeah, I, mm. I I can't wait until we get Brian on, and then we just all mm. circle jerk. Right. You grab Brian, <laughs> I'll grab Brian. Brian can grab Russ, and we'll just talk about Karaz. <laughs> so double, and- <laughs> hang on, we're double fisting Brian, right? Okay. He deserves it. He's the guest. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. So, and we do say yeah. that it's easy to rub one out with two hands. It is always, yep. always easy. Um, yeah, yeah look, no, I'm, big on Karaz. I'm, I'm huge on Karaz. I owned him um, in one of my leagues last season. And look, he was an absolute fucking revelation at the start of the season. Um, mm. Obviously, petered off a little bit with those injury injury issues and but made a ton of cash on him in Classic as well. So, look, he's definitely one that I've got my eye on. He's one that you could potentially, and I'm and I'm doing this is um, is building my team around him as well in classic. So he's definitely one that 
he's almost going to stay on my team the full season. I see a lot in him that I do from um, Gagai last season, mm. except I think he's got more attacking threat. Um, obviously playing on the least, the lower dom- dominant edge, but I think he's the one who's going to be scoring the tries rather than offloading them to um, to his winger. Yep, I love that. All over Karaz's dick. All right, bro, do we have questions? Yeah, no, no, no questions. Yeah, no, we've got... Excuse fuck, fuck me. Up. I'd like to <laughs> ask you a few questions. You want answers? You know the question. Are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? I'm Ron Burgundy? I'm Ron Burgundy. I am going to just refresh the page because there have been a ton come through because we've been recording for like fucking 15 fucking hours. Yep. All right. Here we go. All right. You ready? All right. Semi has asked us, uh, what does playing center do to Garrick's draft stocks? Yeah, it hits it pretty hard. Mm. Uh, look, it's we don't have a lot of data to go off here. Haven't seen a lot of Garrick playing mm. center, uh, but of seventy-one average, you would think, just off the top of my head, I'm how I'm going to approach it is at least a five-point decrease. Yeah, I was going to say six. So I, I, I'd be yeah. saying sixty-five average. Uh, I'd want to draft him at. So it yeah. does take him out of that sort of top twenty. You're more looking at a back end. Uh, round three, so you know, picks twenty six, twenty seven plus. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you on that. So, James has asked us, what's the best combo of CTWs? Uh, like, is it one elite CTW with a high base and big ceiling, with say one base beast and uh, with a low ceiling, and two guys, uh, yeah, and and two guys with a low, lower floor but a big ceiling, just as an example. Uh, I'll go back to my cardinal rule with CTWs. Just get guys that are playing in good attacking teams on dominant edges for those teams. Yeah. So start with that and then rotate those guys depending on matchups. Mm. You know what I mean? Of course, it's always good to have a base beast guy that will cover you whether they score tries or not. But those guys are few and far between, man. Yeah. You know, you're talking about Brian To'o. Greg Marzu, Karaz, you know, there's a handful of guys, but the rest of them, uh, they are, you know, dependent on these tries, try assists and try involvement. So you want guys that are going to be in and around the ball when their team is attacking. So keep that in mind and just get plenty of those guys in. Yeah. And we, we, um, you alluded to it before, like at the start of the potty um, on Patreon, we've uploaded the uh, best stacks and obviously the, um, the profitable edges to look at. So mm. if you look at those, tailor that to the um, the CTWs that are on offer, that's where you, you're going to find your best value. Go, baby. Uh, Joshy Quinn has asked us for a 27-man keeper league. 27-man keeper league. Like, that is, that is fucking wild. Okay. Um, who are your super late? Yeah, fucking super late are all right with um, 27 t- man teams. Um, super late rookies that have heaps of potential that might not have game time. Um, he's he's put up RO, Chevy. Look, obviously, yeah, Chevy, Chevy Stewart's a, a huge one. Kyle RO, yes, again, yeah. like Moser comes to mind. Jack Bostock has, has a lot of potential in the game. Look, there's a lot of players coming through, like Peru and a few others at um, at the Raiders. They've got a young squad, um, um, so yeah, it's it's possibly something to look at. But fuck, like 
you got to be dialed in. And if you're in a keeper league that deep, what a you need, you need to be doing your research in Q Cup. You need to be doing your research in um, New South Wales Cup. You need- if you're not listening to the guru mm-hmm. and you're in a 27-man keeper league, you're doing it wrong. Guru is the man to talk to about this because he has got his finger on the pulse. I, I've, I, I'm going to be honest. I've never, never seen anything that deep before. Um, no. I hazard a guess to saying that that might be a typo. <laughs> it might be a 17-man keeper league. Um, but fuck me if it's not, that is wild. Um, mm. but yeah, you, you need to be, you need to be doing some research on who the best players were in Q Cup and, and New South Wales Cup in the previous few seasons, because they'll be the next man up in the next few seasons of NRL. Mm. That's your best way to pick out who the, um, the best guys are. Also have a look at what their Australian schoolboys teams were in the last few years. Um, that's usually a good guide as well as to um, players that might be getting an opportunity. Guys like Mason Teague and a few others that, look, they've got a few players in front of them, but in a couple of years, they might be absolute mainstays and real quality players. All right. Uh, Joshua Schrader has asked us, um, uh, as a Doggies fan, I'm looking to reach for Sherry as a pawn pick. Fair. Um, where where would you say I would likely have to reach for him, mate? Reach. It, it's up to you. Yeah. I mean, you can reach as, as as quick as you want. I mean, I wouldn't be looking at Bronson Sherry until probably pick seventy plus. So I was going to say I was going to say pick ninety plus. Okay, pick pick seventy yep. plus is probably a reach for mm, me. Yep. So I wouldn't be reaching any further yeah. than 70. Yeah, for look, for a player that hasn't absolutely nailed down a starting spot, despite his um, his potential, the fact that he's got a guy like Connor Tracy who has a lot of runs on the board at NRL level rather than just a single season um, and like a, a big stint out of the game as well, yeah, I, I wouldn't be going too, too high on him. But yeah, I, I would say somewhere between like round eight to eight to ten. You you want to sort of have a better opinion on Sherry after the trial, yes. just to see how solidified this this back line is. We just don't, we've, then we don't really, really know what it's going to look no. like. And no, look if you're a doggies fan, head out at the training ground. Like honestly, like you can you can sometimes get a bit of a view of of how the team's running out. So, uh, Rico. Our boy Rico has asked us, um, do you pull the trigger on a two-gun CCW if you don't have a tour F, e.g. To'o, Maju, or Garrick if they were available? And I'm guessing he's talking about if you're drafting it, say, um, in a 12-man league at pick 12 and he got the two pick. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. If I was say if I was turn pick and I was uh, pick twelve, I'd probably go one of them, mm. maybe a to yeah. if if he was there, and then I'd back that up with a halfback. I, I yeah, hundred percent agree. I wouldn't go back to back CTWs because you'll ruin the rest of your um your spine. Um, you need to you need to be getting a spine pick in your first couple, what one of your first couple, and then um and yep. then look to solidify that with a, a high quality torf as well. So. Yeah, I think you need to you need to identify whether it's To'o, Maju, who you want to go with, and then, yeah, um, pull the trigger on that. I think Garrick's too much of a, a risk um, to go with, even though he is fullback dual. Um, but, yeah, it's definitely an interesting one, eh? Yeah, yeah. Halfbacks, we've said, 
round two. Yeah. So make sure you get a halfback in round two. Yeah. So if you're the if, if you if you're not the Cleary Hines, yeah, owner. exactly. If you're that turn pick um, in a in a twelve man league, then yeah, go go Tao or Maju into one of those high quality halfbacks like a like a Hughes or someone like that. Yep. Uh, Davo has asked us best CTWs with early strength of schedule. So this is rounds one to eight, most likely. Um, this is more of a classic bend of question. So would a, um, would be great if you take classic price into account. Um, if you take some um, some gun options, mid ranges, and cheapy options. Um, so in the latest one that I po- uh, put on the run sheet, it actually has the classic prices on there, and this is this is what we're dropping on to Patreon. So if we could, if we have a look at a lot of the obviously the top ten and even the top twenty, they're mid range to top tier options. So there's not many that we're we're predicting that will go much above that fifty eight and above. Guys like Aliofa um, Cam Pereira is one where there may be a bit of uptick in their output. Um, a lot of it depends on on how that left side ends up lining up for the Titans. Other ones like uh, Dean Mariner has a deflated um, deflated price just based on his average only being for four games. So that's another one that you could look at. Um, so far as GP options, I mean, the, the obvious ones are like Taylor May, like we spoke about before, Tyro Munro, who only had a handful of games. So his average isn't at that um, 67 that we, we see in um, in draft. Uh, and yeah, Jack Bostock, really good GP option. Um, and a few others like Ethan Strange uh, are ones that you can, you can pick up um, in a lot of leagues as well. Nice. Uh, on to the next. So Hayden has asked us, do you go with Olokowatu or Nikara or Yo in round three, then the other two, if possible, four and five, um, then hit the CTWs or would you go one gun CTW like Holmes, Bizza, Marju, and then risk losing a strike gun to, to a ref in round three? I think there is more value to be had at the CTW position in rounds five and six than there is at the two RF position. 100% so agree. I think if you go two RF in three and four, I think when you pop your head in at round five, so picks 40 plus to get a CTW, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised at what's still there. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like obviously you're yeah. not going to get To'o or Mazu or probably Val Holmes in round three. Like these guys are going in round two in your team picks. Mm. So don't even worry about them. Like, I mean, obviously if they slip, like if Val Holmes slips into, you know, late round three or something like that, or Mazu or To'o, yeah, like yeah, you won the lotto. Thanks awesome. for coming. Yeah. But usually these guys are probably going to be gone. So that's when, you know, you strike on these these sexy two RFs and then pop your head back into the CTW position for, for round five because, I mean, the guys that we've talked about tonight, there's plenty of value. I mean, There's going to be like, such a cycle, between, and we see it with, like, just the top 20 list irrespective of position. But for CTW, I think it's even more important. There's there's very few players that in the top 20 of the CTWs from last season that we see in the, the next season as the top 20 CTWs. Mate, guys that are still going to be available, 45 picks plus, you know, you're looking at 
Zach Lomax will probably still be there. Mm. Bradman Best, Hammer, Brian Kelly, someone Cobbo, Jacob Carraz, probably Alex Johnston. I mean, fuck. And then even later, so two two or three rounds later, you've got even more value. Yeah, like Dave Nelson. So, Dave, yeah, good call. <laughs> Your boy. I, I, look, I, I love being a no-fo from back in the day, but yeah, it's unfortunate what's happened there, but he's got a 300K payout, so I can give him better shit. Um, good luck to him. Uh, okay, next, next cab off the rank. Aaron has asked us if Lomax moves to the wing. And rotates with Sloan yep. through games at fullback. That's the latest word. Does this put value up or down? Like, are we are we talking that he's going to replace Fige on the left wing? I actually don't know. Mm. I really just heard whispers of this on Twitter, so I'm if not exactly if sure. If it's left wing, I'm not that interested because they don't really attack the left wing that often. Um, and if they do. They don't have enough enough strength and attack to really um, hammer down. Um, it might be though that, like, obviously, he's not going to have a lot of a lot of attacking opportunities when he's playing wing. But if he's swapping in and out of fullbacks mm. throughout the day, probably offsets that. Yeah, so yeah. I don't think you're not you're going to have much of a downturn or an uptick in average. You might just see him average. I think he's still taking it at sixty average. Yeah, I, I think, think so. it's not it's not going to dip him down too far. But um, yeah, that um. That left left wing spot for the Dragons has been a fucking absolute graveyard for the last few years. So, and then you just hope that he brains it with the opportunities he gets at fullback. So they go, okay, mm. you need to stay yes. there. Um, okay, Nick Nick boys Nicky Nick's asked us. Uh, so that's on Guru. Uh, sorry, Garrick potential for each edge. Since we're not sure which side he ends up, so like Manly are a left attacking side with Turbo in with the Turbo team. on the yep. team. Without Turbo on the team, they they're right. They go right because obviously yep. DC pulls the team to the right side. So look, a lot of it will stem on how Garrett goes. I mean, um, how Turbo, Turbo goes. We don't know how that's going to be. Look, the the big thing is everyone's everyone's like, oh. Turbo's injury prone and all that sort of shit. He's had injuries in different parts of his body the last few years. I'm not reading into that. I'm I'm all about him. I'm gonna draft him in one of my leagues. I don't care I don't care where I have to take him. Done. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll save that for the fullback talk, but yeah, I'm with you, bro. Fuck. I was hoping you'd be uh, <laughs> you, you wouldn't be with me. Okay. Put it this put it this way, you won't get him. Fuck! I had that. I had a sneaking <laughs> suspicion that that might be the case. Might I don't care where I am, but it won't be past uh, pick eleven, <laughs> and he ain't making it to pick eleven. Oh fuck! Um, <laughs> fuck! That, this is this is actually the blind realization that my my uh, hopeful draft has just been shattered. Um, okay, yes. Danny Wills has asked us uh, if if you if you know that you're drafting Ponga early, um, would you take Marju as Early as round two on the way back up, hundred percent, hundred percent. If you're if you if yeah. you know that you're <laughs> yeah. drafting Ponga, you must be pick three. If you think that Marju is going to be available, you must you have to be in a um, a linear draft because there's no other way that he'll he'll remain there. Yeah, if he makes it to you, one, it's supreme value because he slipped too far, mm. and two, you've got a fantastic left edge. 
stat. Yeah, no, exactly. Please do. Hundred percent. If you can do it, because you could win win a league easily. Yeah. Um, Nick VL has asked this. Uh, he's got a two pronger. I hope this is a question about pronger. Uh, what's the earliest round pick that you would go for a gun CTW? And does Big Greg's opening draw give you a fatty or just a redraja? <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. I've had just enough wine about that. Fucking hilarious. I mean, we love Mazu and To'o yes. early in the second yeah. round, so that's where we would go. Yep. Look, it's um, the earliest I go for against CTW is pro- like, I'm just, I'm just going to have a look at the rankings that we put up recently. Um, look, we've gone as early as, as pick 13. Um, 13 yep. and 14, To'o into, into Maju. And look, guys like Maju and Maju To'o, um, even even Holmes, if you're not around 25 grand final, and Joey Manu, these are guys that you could fairly confidently take somewhere in round two. Um, I'm not averse to if you are a turn pick, whether that be 10 or 12. So if your pick's 10 and 11, I'm happy for you to reach for To'o or Mazu because you know that you will not get them. Yeah. So I'm happy for you to do that. Same with, obviously, it's a little bit easier if you're picks 12 and 13, but I've got no problem um, with you at pick 11. So you're on the turn 10, 11 uh, and going to, oh, because you're, you're a believer and you want him in your side. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm looking very nervously at, um, at Garrick now that you've mentioned that you will be getting turbo at any cost. <laughs> so many issues. We'll see. We'll see where, oh, Matt, I could win the challenge day and take Nathan Cleary. <laughs> When's the last time you finished above, like, fucking eighth place in the challenges? The best I've done is six. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. I don't see that. Yeah. I don't see much higher than that. Really? No. <laughs> you, you, love the, you love the booze too much, mate. I'll be hammered drunk by nine. Who knows? <laughs> That's it. That's all, mate. Yeah. That's all. Oh, okay. Nice. Well, through. thanks, guys, for sending in your questions. It's been a big one. We knew it would be over two hours long. Plenty to to go through there. Now, if we've missed anyone or we've brushed over anyone that you really wanted to know about, either DM me or get in contact with Walker on the Patreon, mm. uh, we'll either answer your question directly or we'll try and shoehorn them in to the next podcast or or one of our tidy up podcasts later on in February. But. Whew, Bro, that'll that'll do it for tonight. Yeah, I think. mate, she's been a big one. It's been oh, some heavy I'm, lifting for the rubbers. One hundred percent, mate. You need to go to bed. You'll probably be hungover tomorrow. I will be hungover. There's been <laughs> I, I I I had a few too many. I've actually still got a little bit to go. Jesus, I we obviously didn't go live on YouTube, but if <laughs> fuck if we had, if it would have been good because you were pun you're picking bottles up off the floor and oh, yeah. going behind you and pouring. It was good. It's good to see. Yeah, want more of this? Want more of this from you? Actually, oh, mate, it, I'm going to pay for this tomorrow. <laughs> the best. All right, guys, fire up those five star sledges. Again, if you want to be in a draft league, just ask. I think I've got maybe 30 names that I need to go through. Uh, I'll start getting into those over the next few days. Uh, The best thing you can do is give me your Instagram handle because then I can make Instagram chats, put you in chats. You guys can set up your commissioner, set up your leagues, and once you've got it humming along nicely, I'll get the fuck out of the chat and let you guys be. Uh, Again, go check out the Patreon, Cheapest Chips, 
if you are serious about Supercoach, whether it be Classic or Draft, I don't care. Fuck, you need to be a vet on our Patreon. We will help you, and that is a fucking guarantee. But that is it for tonight, bro. Remember, there are many things a man can do with his time. This is so much better than those things. You're damn right, Walker. Catch us next round on the Weekly Rub Down. You can take me down. I have seen it all. Get that India. Get that India.